Welcome back. Thank you. What is this? What is this? We don't do that. <laughs> uh, sorry, go ahead. See what I got to do. That, that's why you do it by yourself. That's, I get it, man. You don't have to talk to anybody else. You can do whatever you want to do when you just have it on your own. Apologies, apologies. I just did one by myself a, fin- a few minutes ago, and it was glorious. Yeah? Yeah, I had a buddy of mine from Colorado that we met through the podcast, and he wanted to talk about psychedelics, which we didn't even talk about until like the last 15, 20 minutes of the conversation. You had been on the podcast? He hit me up. He said he wanted to do it again. He didn't mention you one time. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so. I mean, I was just watching TV in my room, and I hear him talking. I'm like... Oh my god, it's recording without me. I was like, can I come record? He's like, no, no, we're good, man. We're good. I was like, what the fuck? Awesome. <laughs> How's he doing? He's well. They just decriminalized DMT and uh, psilocybin in in Colorado. So what's psilocybin? Mushrooms, Mus- like regular mushrooms? Yeah, or psychedelic mushrooms. So you can go into like Circle K and buy some. No, I have some. Not. It just means that you can't get caught or get in jail time for it. Basically, you can have like a shaman or somebody or go to somebody and they can sell you a, a trip experience and then give you mushrooms <laughs> basically you're paying for the mushrooms <laughs> so it's like a legalized drug dealing yeah because it's like how they used to do uh, i think he said they did it in colorado initially with weed was they could sell you a t-shirt and then give you free weed but you know That's you're paying funny. a huge price for the pipe or the t-shirt but um eventually you got a bunch of t-shirts or pipes or whatever it might be right? <laughs> yeah so uh your podcast is called Key Exchanges in the 901. And how did you decide to come up with your podcast? So I um, I guess this podcast started because I had an insurance podcast for that. I sell insurance. That's what pays the bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, believe it or not, nobody wants to listen to an insurance podcast. So that one didn't last very long. I think we did like 12 episodes and it was done. Um, but I, I we had all the stuff and figured like, man, there, there may be something here with this. Let, let me see what I can do. And I was looking for a way to just market that business more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and real estate's a big driver for every time a house sells, that they, they got to refer insurance lenders, closing attorneys and whatnot. So I was like, this could be something here. And uh, I was like, let me just go ahead and do four episodes and see what happens. And I didn't think anybody was going to listen. I thought it was just going to be like, I'll have this person on and then their their spouse will listen and their, their mom will listen and think, oh, she's so great. She's doing so good. I'm proud of her. And That'll be good for me. They'll send me business. But uh, instead, like people started listening, and we've been off and running ever since. That's legit. So how did you get into insurance? Did you start as a real estate agent first? or No. Uh, so it's a long road for that. Um, so I graduated college in 09, uh, University of Memphis. Jobs are bountiful in 2009, right? You can't get a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, a buddy of mine started a construction company and uh, said, hey, man, you need, uh, you need a job. I need salespeople. Like, you work here now. So we're off and running, right? And I uh, did that for a handful of years. Business, we grew it. It was great, but like I, I didn't love it. Um, and then uh, I got out. Eventually, like they, they knew I hated it, but like we were growing the business, but it was fine. I went and worked in logistics in a year because, for a year because I live in Memphis and you have to serve a year in logistics, right? It's just required. <laughs> um, and then another buddy of mine started a different construction company. He's like, dude, you got to come help. Like we're off and running. Uh, guy I've known since the first grade. You, you quit your job and you go for some of those guys that like you ride with. And uh, we got his, his business off and running. And um, it was good, a year-ish. And I got a call from Shoemaker, where I work at now. And they said, hey, um, it's just a recruiter. We'd love for you to be a financial advisor. We saw your resume somewhere. And I was like, I don't want to be a financial advisor. That's ridiculous. I don't even know what that is. But um, <laughs> I, I know I uh, 
I know I need a job and I know I want to do something different. So let me put on my suit and just go get some interview experience. And then eventually there will be a job that I want. And I left kind of um, confused. I went to the first interview. I was like, I, I don't really still know what they do, but maybe I, I don't know. I like, she was nice and we'll see. So I took a second interview with them and I was like, maybe I could do this. Um, this company's different. I don't know. And then after the third interview, I was like, I'm going to work there. I don't care what they have me doing. I'm going to go work at that place. Um, and I was a financial advisor for five years. Uh, a lot of my business was kind of centered around independent contractors and real estate as well for financial advising. And then when we decided as a firm that we were going to launch uh, an insurance division, it just made sense for me to move over from there because I did have all those real estate connections and whatnot. So, so did all those connections, I guess, in real estate help with your podcast today? Oh, I mean, that's, that's the bulk of it, right? I mean, it's interviewing real estate agents yeah. so, for the most part. We'll have some closing attorneys and mortgage folks on occasionally, but the bulk of it is real estate agents and telling their stories. The, the tagline is, you know, we tell the real stories, the real estate community here in Memphis. That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the hook of it. And um, it's, it's gone really well because the, the goal is just to tell someone's story and kind of talk through what's happening in your business, what are the things you're doing, and, and generally be encouraging about what they've ha- got happening. I'm not trying to run a gotcha podcast where I bring you on and go, man, you, you suck. This, this, I can't <laughs> believe you did this thing. That's, that's not who I am. And uh, because of that, people like want to be on it. People want to share this. People like talking about themselves. You know. Yeah. Now, do you feel that a lot of people are using your platform to, like as far as the videos, that's a good marketing tool for their business too, as far as their real estate side of everything? Yeah. I mean, it's something to where when done well, I've had a handful of guests that have found a way to utilize it really well. They've kind of put it in their bio that they're putting out there as well. So it's like, you want to get to know me more? Look, here's me talking for 30 minutes. Go yeah. ahead and jump ahead to the you know 24 minute mark and you can listen to me and learn more about me to see if it makes sense for us to work together. Mm. It's always good when a guest shares your episode that, yeah. they, were, that they were on, that they start on, you know, um, we've, we've been lucky with that. We've had a lot of people share. There's some people that I'll tag and we never hear back from them, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like, I would say like 80% of people have shared their store. Like, on, on Instagram or whatever. So yeah. that's been always good for us. One of the things that I was intentional about, because eventually as we were finding our way and everyone does when they're, they're starting a podcast, trying to figure out what's the structure of the show going to look like. And eventually it's like, they're going to, there's going to be a first segment and a second segment in that first season for sure. To where it was like, I'll interview this guest. That's a real estate agent at cry. Like, and then in the second segment, I'm not going to go get another cry. Like agent. I'm going to go find someone at Keller Williams or Remax or something like that. So that if their office shares it, the other office is still going to want to share it as well. So it gets spread around in more places as opposed to, well, it's both of our people will just share it once and then we're good. I get mm. more spread whenever it goes out when I'm diversifying who I have on as guest. Is there, who, who would you think, or who would you say is the best uh, real estate company in Memphis? You know, it just depends on what you're doing, right? They're all, I mean, you get some that are killing it at new construction. You've got some that if you're saying like, who's got the best training program for a new agent, they're really good at this and others while they sell a lot of house and they've got good agents, they're terrible at training because that's not their jam, right? So, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for, for who's going to be the best. Crylike's by far the biggest, uh, but they're just, they've got some different things that they're doing as far as training and new boarding, uh, onboarding new agents. They've got this Crylike University and all kinds of things to where if someone's wow. just getting started, that may be a great fit for them. For other folks, they're like, no, I don't, I don't want to go do that. I would rather have a, a smaller field to where it feels like I'm really getting to, you know, be in touch with the folks that started this and, and the brand. Yeah, my friend Ida, she just <clears throat> she just finally passed her uh, real estate exam. She took it like three times or four times. She said she's like, and she was talking to some of her realtor friends. Like, 
when y'all took the test, was it did y'all use any of it? They like, no, Mm-mm. not at all. Like they're like zero. And she finally passed. That's what I was asking. Like where would like? And she's like now now she's just not sure where she wants to even apply at. Now that she's like cry like has that uh, training program, you know, like for new agents. I'm gonna tell her that. I'm gonna text her when we get done and say, hey, we want to reach out to them. Yeah, it's something aware. I. I it's it's I've almost become like a, a broker at times where people um, are coming to me going like, Hey man, I'm thinking about making a move from my place. Where should I go? You, I know, you know, everybody, I know you've talked to everybody T- tell me about the culture here or there or whatever. So I have conversations with people all the time that are either agents looking to swap brokerages or agents are, that are just getting licensed, just getting started out saying where's going to be my fit. Yeah, that's, so you're like the go-to guy. I, I, people, I, I you know, know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a, just an insurance guy here making it. But uh, it's something to wear in a uh, very small corner of the world with a very specific group of people. It's like, okay, I've got a little bit of a reputation in a small space. Yeah, that's um, that's that's awesome. That And plus, I'm sure that people like you too. So that helps a lot. It's, it's, I mean, uh, in life generally, that's probably a good place to land, right? Just if, if you can be a, uh, a likable enough person, you, you go a lot longer than if you're just an ass and nobody wants to hang out with you. <sighs> that is true. <clears throat> that is true. You have something to say, Tony? You look at me. You answer your own question. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, um, what's next now with the podcast? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, we just wrapped up uh, recording season two. Uh, we did, geez, I don't even know how many episodes we did. I'm 80 something right now, all in. So we did 54 the first one. So we did another 30 the second season. And uh, those episodes will come out and intentionally we're taking a break. Um, just going like, all right, I'm tired. We've done a lot of these. And um, as we've gotten better at doing the podcast and, and found ways to be more efficient, we've also added more things as well. I've got all these social media clips that we've got in our buddy John that's creating and doing all these things with, um, which are awesome and allow more people to be exposed to the show, which is great. But it's also, I know every single day I've got another clip I've got to post. And eventually you just start towards like, man, I'm doing something with this thing every single day that is this marketing piece that's that's not my actual job. It's just I've, I've got to do another social media post. I've got to plan for this interview. I've got to find another guest. And eventually I'm just like, man, I just want to not think about this thing for a while. So we're, we're we're taking a break for an undetermined amount of time. It may be three months, maybe forever. It may just be like, man, I'm, it was a fun season of life, but I'm done. It's great that people listen. But I, I told people uh, a couple weeks ago when I was talking to them, I was like, man, it's, it's been really good for the insurance business. But if for some reason it wasn't profitable for us anymore, then I just stopped, regardless how many people are listening. Because my goal is not ever to be a great podcast host or whatever. That, that wasn't what I was chasing. It's just this was me trying to, uh, I like people, I like connecting with people and that, that's something that's fun. But the whole goal was to make it a marketing thing for the, for the business and it's gone well. Yeah. Hmm. Do you feel like it got, it's gotten so, bu- so busy in your life with the podcast now that like, you're kind of like, man, do I really want to do this? Because it's taking up so much of your time, right? Well, it's, it's definitely that. It, but also there's some uh, repetitive parts of my show as well, because I'm always talking to real estate agents only so many ways you can sell a house. There's only so many interesting things you can have about it. When I've had 80 episodes with two guests per episode, <clears throat> having another person on this, man, I really love working with first time home buyers. I'm like, well, that's just like the last 10 people. Um, <laughs> and uh, again, it's nothing against the guests that I've had or the industry as a whole. It's just something where when you do it over and over and over again, it's like I get creatively bored with it. 
and I'd rather go do something else. So uh, one of the things that I did also with John, um, so the Vesta Home Show is going on right now for another week or so. Uh, and I decided like, man, I'd like to go do videos or something out there. I know it's a big deal. I know there's going to be a lot of people going through there. I want to do something. So I, uh, I decided, I reached out to the guy who's the uh, head of the show this year. He's a home builder, uh, Darren Halford. And I was like, man, I want to do something. He's like, okay, yeah, no, you seem like a nice enough guy, whatever you want to do. We know a lot of the same people. So I decided I was going to be the, uh, the unofficial host for the Vesta Home Show. Like they, they didn't give me that title. You just you can call yourself whatever you want, right? So um, <clears throat> we showed up to their preview night. And I had John there, and we made a bunch of videos of me interviewing people and just cutting up, having a good time. And that's just a project that if I was fully engaged with the podcast right now, I never would have been able to do something like that or whatever the next thing is that I dream up that I may want to do. If I'm committing all this mental energy to that, then I'm never going to get to do the next thing. It's an opportunity cost to it. Now, would you and John ever just do a podcast together? Maybe. Um, I just, I mean, it just depends on what the reasoning is for it and how we'd want to do it. And I mean, both of us are just so busy with the things that are paying the bills that it's it's kind of hard to sit down and do it. And he's got, um, that radio background mm-hmm. to where, you know, it, he's, uh, he's tasted that and loves like, you know, man, I, I was doing the radio and the energy that comes with that and all the things that go with being a radio guy. Not, I kind of enjoy it, but not the same way. It's not mm-hmm. something to where like, I'm just like, man, I gotta be in that spotlight and gotta have whatever that thing may be that is being the radio guy, the podcast yeah. guy. Um, John, someone that I get along with well to where like, sure, man, we'll just hang out and you know, chop it up. But, uh, not something I, I have a desire to say, Hey, let me go ahead and start another one. Yeah, I saw your videos from the Vista Home Show on TikTok, and I was like, what is my guy doing? <laughs> so yeah. I had to play it, right? Yeah. I had to watch it, right? Yeah. Because you had a little skinny microphone like the, like Joan Rivers used to have in the car. Bob Barker, yeah. yeah. like I was like, what the fuck? And then you made your own sash. Yeah. <laughs> that was 100%. the fucking best, man. I was like, these guys are fucking having so much fun out there. It, it was a good time. So we had one. I don't think it made it in any of the clips. So I've got this skinny Bob Barker microphone that I'm doing. And I, there's five builders that built homes in this and they did the whole deal. And there's one of the guys that I didn't know. Um, and I was like, yeah, we'll just, we'll screw around with them. And, and the, the thing was, I'm, I'm going to have tell jokes and give you a hard time and just kind of bust your balls a little bit, but like draw attention to the show. And they, they wanted me there. So I had this one guy that I didn't know them. I asked him something about the, his house or what he was doing, whatever. And as he was talking, I took that long microphone and started rubbing his nose with it. <laughs> <laughs> and he like kept talking. Like he was just like, like come on, man, like stop me. Like, what are, what are we doing here? But uh, we had a good time with it. Maybe he's probably like this motherfucker right he's, here. I'm sure but he, he probably didn't you. know who you were. Like he, he, was, he wasn't sure who you were. So he didn't want to like, hey man, get the fuck out of my face and then piss somebody off, you know? Like well, it was funny because I had, I had real estate friends that were there that know me well and you got John with lights and whatever, and you got me with this stupid sash on and, and drawing attention. And um, people come back like, who's that guy? Who's over there? Who, who, what's he What's he doing? We're like, oh, that's Dane. They're like, well, what's he do? Uh, and they were like, well, um, this is hard to explain. Um, well, he sells insurance. I know that. Um, <laughs> but I don't I know how to explain what he's doing now. And that's kind of been a lot of, of how I've been successful in business. It's just like, let me do something that's going to be different. And like, we'll find a way that we're going to make it profitable as well. Now, did you have any people like you just didn't mesh with well oh, when sure. you're recording? Yeah. yeah. I, and how hard is that to deal it's with? It's miserable. Yeah. It's absolutely miserable. Some to where it's like, I know I've got this list of questions that I've got to get through. I know you came here and <clears> we're going <throat> to do all the interview. Um, but I'm bored listening to you talk. Like, <laughs> and and that, that's few and far between, right? That, there's maybe, there's been less than five of those in, in all the episodes that we've done, right? I have a hundred episodes of those. <laughs> yeah, that's for old though, right? Yes. <laughs> 100%. What the fuck, man? 
No, but like there's one episode for real that we we have recorded, not us, like we have a guest on. And I'm sitting on that I sit on that chair when we use Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. And like we're listening to the guy talk and I'm just sitting there. I'm looking at I look over at Tony while he's talking and I'm like Oh, this is this is bad. Mm-hmm. And I like, I was like, what do you think about that when we got off the air? Tony's like, I'm gonna listen to it like when I'm gonna edit it to like release it, but I don't think I'm releasing that. Mm-hmm. And it still hasn't made its appearance. And, <laughs> and everyone listened to it. And that oh, was like tough. <clears throat> and that was like two and a half months ago, or three, or maybe even more. Yeah, that's tough, man. Mine when when we go through it, it's something where it's like Again, I, I'm trying to run a positive show. I want you to be able to market yourself with this. And if I go through going like, I don't like you listening to this. Like, that's this is a tough spot. And like, I, my tastes are going to be different from other people's tastes, so it's okay. Like, not everyone's going to be everyone's cup of tea, right? But, yeah. Um, th- th- those are few and far between. For the most part, everybody's been great. And everyone's, because we're getting to talk about their life and what they're the best at and all those things. So when we just get to hit the highlights of your, you know, 40 years here on earth and like, let's just dive in on that. And generally speaking, we're going to be able to find something to be interested in. Now, do you have a lot of people to just ramble on? Yeah. Um, I'll get a handful of those occasions. Most people will try to do the opposite, especially at first they're scared and they just, you know, cause they're not normal podcast guests. They're, mm-hmm. they're just someone that, yeah, they're sell- they do sales and they're likable, but you know, I'm not prepared to speak for five minutes at a time. Yeah. I'd much rather give you the four word answer. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to keep going. I'm going to pull more out of you here. Um, but I do have some that'll just want to ramble and I'll end up having to like jump in and cut them off and just like get them redirected to, to be talking about something else. Why do I feel attacked? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this podcast the other day and these but these people are talking about something and everybody just kept talking over each other. It's, it's the worst, man. And people that cut people off is just like, it's not easy. Like, do you listen to podcasts? That's my thing. Yeah. Because if you listen to a podcast, you're going to not want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, um, when you have that many guests on my whole first season, it was always just me and one other one. I didn't have all the the gear needed to be able to have four guests on at a time or whatever. Right. But also, I was like, I don't know if I'm a good enough interviewer to be able to wrangle three guests while I'm trying to tell a story and kind of get through this episode that's got a goal. Um, and, and I still haven't done a ton where I've got more than two just because that can be a challenge just to try to coordinate that many voices and feel like everybody's getting a little bit of shine. Yeah, because like you don't want it to be where one person is just consuming everything. Mm-hmm. It's about everybody. And I always say it's not about even about the host. It's about the guest. So sometimes, like, if you have something that you think you got to interject, like, just let it slide and just let the person talk, because then you might miss on some valuable information that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, I would always see um, these like challenging interviews from radio guys when it's like Memphis Madness or something like that, where they got the basketball thing and they're going to bring in four of the players from the team and they're going to go to the sports station. But it's like it's hard to wrangle four people anyway, much less four 19 year olds that are just trying to, you know. Like, like that's a challenge and, and it's hard to listen to. I can only imagine being the host of something like that going like, that just scares me, man. I don't want to give me one person. I can look you in the eyes and be like, stop talking, man. Like you're <laughs> yeah. done. We yeah. had, we had, we had recorded one episode a couple months ago with, with two friends of ours and the friend that the, so the guest that brought the friend with him, he would just, he was always just like talking and I'm like, I'm saying something and I, you know, I was really, I was really bad about cutting people off. I still do it now, but not near as bad as I do. Why do you keep on looking at this guy? man? Hey. Like, so it was like every, like and one time he goes, he mutes the things over there. He's like, 
if you fucking cut the if you cut me or him off one more time, you're off the fucking podcast. Jeez. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing. It. He's like, exactly. I was like, my bad, my bad. That's but like, he was just every fucking word. Like, I would say, start a sentence, and then boom, mm-hmm. our friend would start a sentence. Boom. I'm like, I don't think he's gonna release this. But I mean, he did. But I was, I was just like, Jesus Christ, I can't. None of us can even talk. But that's, that's what you do. I, I, I just said, but I don't do it anymore. No, don't get upset that somebody's cutting you off. Like, there's a clip I have. He's saying something. I'll have to find a clip. He's saying something, and then I say exactly what he's saying. Why'd you cut me off? I'm like, bitch, you cut me off all the fucking time, dude. Like, I just had to interject, and I'm agreeing with what you're fucking saying, but he thinks his words are so important that everybody yeah. has to hear him over everybody else. Do you have those moments too? When and look, we're all new friends here, right? So I, I don't know Raul to, to pick on him like some others might, but <laughs> you're doing a great job at it. Uh, keep going, yeah, keep yeah. going. Hey, you you're right there with 20 years of friendship, man. You just throw you right in the mix. But do you ever have those moments where, like, look, we just we're having this conversation, we're going through the interview, and then someone will say something that, like, we literally just said those words, like that just happened. I've done that a couple of times. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot because, like, I would be like something like. Somebody keep knocking the door and I have to check who it is and I, I lose train of thought, right? Instead of being like a 10-second thing, I'm like, oh. He's always on his oh. phone, too. Because yeah. <clears throat> I always see his phone reflecting. And then, like, we had somebody on here. Who is it that was here? Michael Zellner? No, yeah, he said something about it, too. But when Red was here on Sunday, like, your phone kept going off and, like, Red's talking about his cancer and he's fucking looking at his fucking phone and it's just like, dude, man, put your fucking phone down for an hour or two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's tough. You're an important guy though. People need I to mean, get in touch with you. Do, you do that in your personal life too, though. That's something you need to work on. I will. But the thing last Sunday was red when he was talking, I had to go, we had to go do the pies for the cherry thing we did yesterday or I mean on Thursday. And I was looking at the time, what time it was because you know, nothing doesn't show your time. It just says the mm-hmm. recording. Where watch. True. I don't. Yeah, true. I do have an Apple Watch. You need to be checking your text on that though. If it's Apple Watch, you gotta go I can't, old school. man. I can't wear that thing. Um, I tried, but um, I'm just gonna go back to the Fitbit, whatever, whatever model it was, or whatever, because like it sends the notifications to your phone. I mean, to your watch, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't know that. And like every, like literally every 30 seconds while I was working, when I had it on that day, I was like, oh shit. Just turn your Bluetooth off. But does it still record the data then? It'll still record your steps. See? Make a lot of excuses, man. <laughs> so, I didn't know. I didn't know for real. Because I've got some of the same ADD though, right? And that's why I carry the phone that's like the wallet that covers it as well. Because I need to be able to like get it covered so that I can't see that it's lighting up or anything like that. Because I'll be distracted. I know that about myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the Adderall and everything else. Like I got to put as many structures in place so that I'm not going to be chasing everything else so that I can get done what I need to get done. Yeah, that makes that's, that's a good point. Maybe Dan can be your life coach. No, man, that sounds like a hell of a job. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, should I just leave? I mean, so you guys can have girl talk about me? No. But yeah, it's just true. Uh, yeah, I didn't, true. No, like I wasn't trying to be on my phone like when he was talking about his cancer and stuff. Like that was just something I had to check and then I had to go. How much longer did y'all record for after I left? I don't know. You can listen to the podcast. It's uploaded. That's right. It has been uploaded. See? You guys check it out. It's a great episode. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, beat cancer twice, man. Yeah, that is amazing. So did my mom. Dude, that is a horrible, horrible disease. 
I live with somebody that, that passed away from it. And just watching somebody wither down is just insane how quickly that shit can take people out, depending on what version you have. I saw this thing yesterday. It was two parents. They both were di- diagnosed with stage four cancer. Oh, man. And it's like, how are these kids going to like keep on going like with both of their parents out of their lives? And that's the thing, too, like about life is just like some of us take it so, so much for granted. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's going to always we're always going to have time. Work. No, we're not. Like every single thing that we do is just time taken away. That's what I was talking to my friend Ben today. It was just like everything on this table is something that I use time to buy, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, fuck. But, um, yeah, cancer is the worst, man. My uh, my mom had uh, had breast and ovarian cancer at different points, and she's 20 years cancer free now. So, like, it's it's great, right, that we're on the other side of it. But. For the last three years, the uh, the American Cancer Society in October, they do this Real Men Wear Pink campaign, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen the stuff. So they have a handful of us that are ambassadors. I think there's like 30 of us this year. And the goal is to raise money and just raise awareness. you got to wear pink every day. So this is three years of me doing this. I've got a bigger section of my closet of pink clothes than most of my, my <laughs> girls think pink is my favorite color just because they're like, Daddy's got a lot of pink. He's got yeah. pink shoes and pink belts and all sorts of stuff, right? So, um, But that first year that I did it, I wasn't ready for the conversations that I was going to end up having just because you tell people, hey, I'm raising money. Here's the link. You guys let me know, whatever. And um, people started reaching out just out of the blue. Hey, man, my, my mom just got diagnosed and uh, like it kind of shook us all. We're not really sure what we're supposed to do. And they, they equip you the best they can, but you just you never really know like what someone's expecting you yeah. to be able to do there. So it, it, it was really eye opening for me. It was really good, though, just to be able to have some of those conversations like. Like, man, I, I don't know what the right thing is to say, mm-hmm. but here, let me tell you what I went through, right? And I was a kid when it happened, but l- let's talk through what happened as an adult. And I know there's links and whatever, but it just sounds like you need somebody to like hear you out and I'm here for it, man, whatever I can do for you. So that first year really, really opened my eyes for it. And then having people that would consistently give money is like, all right, that's, that makes you feel good when you raise money for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that I wouldn't even think about that. Like, as far as like you wearing something in it resonates with somebody else or, you know, it, it opens them up to, to talk to you about it. But that's a, I mean, that's a good thing to happen though. Cause it gives somebody an outlet to release something that maybe they're carrying with them. Well, it's something to where I, um, I was intentional over the years about acquiring some like just obnoxious things. It's going to make you, I got pink shoes and somebody's wearing pink shoes. You're like, what the hell is this guy got going on? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it, it would be a conversation point where people want to be like, Hey, and Here's why I'm wearing them, by the way. Like, nice mm. shoes, man. Like, yeah, no, I'm wearing them. Raise money. You know, it's October. This is what's going on. It allows me to pivot into it. Yeah. Having a handful of those things. Like, yeah, I got just normal stuff as well. But um, having some of those things allowed me to have some conversations that were different that I'm grateful for. So, yeah. Like, even when John was on here for his episode, he was talking about the, I think he did Ronald McDonald, Ronald House, McDonald House. Yeah. And just how emotional he got because it made him think about his girls. You know, and that's just something that because like I don't have kids, but everybody always says like that's one love that you'll never know until you have children. Like it's just something that, you know, you can love a person, but something that, you know, you have to protect and take care of is on another level. And to have that like a parent, like possibly lose their child to something that out of their control. It's like, Mm. what the fuck? It's uh, I mean, it's it's something that I cannot imagine having my my girls. I've got a three and a six year old. And uh, hearing these stories of people like, man, our, our three-year-old's got this crazy brain cancer or something. I'm like, dude, I, I can't imagine the mess that I would be. And then also have to be dad as well. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm not built for it. And these people that do it, like, I guess you don't have any other choice when you're in that moment, right? You just, you figure it out. But 
I, uh, that scares the hell out of me, man. Yeah, me it's like that. a helpless feeling. I would imagine. It's like, you're obviously you want to be a protector, but it's outside your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, luckily we have things like St. Jude and, you know, these other organizations. For, yeah. For, for cancer, just in general. Oh yeah. Like, you would have to have like special place in in your heart for like children, you know, because it'd be tough to go work at St. Jude, man, as a just a, a nurse or a doctor, and you have to deal with those little babies and little kids all the time that are sickest. They're probably gonna pass away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they and, and but they have the biggest smiles on their faces and stuff like that. Like, it's just I I know I couldn't work there. if I was like a nurse. I I don't think I could work or a doctor. I don't know if I'd be able to work there because just because. Maybe you get used to it, you know, like seeing the kids and stuff like that. But like, I just don't think I could ever get used to, you see a, a, a baby every day for a month and then you don't see the baby anymore, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, fuck, man. Well, like, that's got to take a toll on them too. I, I imagine it definitely does, but I would imagine just as bad as those lows are, I would imagine the highs are a lot higher because they saw a three-year-old that didn't have a chance. And now we're on the other side of it now, as we've gotten better with cancer research and, and our survival rates have gone up in a lot of different areas. The feeling of not having to see another one here because they don't have to come to St. Jude anymore has to be a different level high than you get for yeah, we fixed the broken leg and we sent them on their way, whatever, you know, be careful riding your bike. Yeah. Like that's, that's one thing as a nurse, but like we, this child's life gets to continue now because the treatment they received here, that's, that's a high that's, that's different, you know? So, yeah. I saw something that like a lot of the cancers that don't come here are treatable somewhere else. So mm-hmm. like the ones that come here are the worst of the worst pretty much. Mm. So that's a good thing that you're not seeing as many kids having to come here because it's something that can be treated in their local town or what have you. But like I said, at the end of the day, it's still a horrible, horrible disease, man. And unfortunately, if we live long enough, long enough, most of us will deal with it either with ourselves or somebody we love. Uh, Just with the breast cancer stuff, those stats are still fresh on my mind. One in eight women at some point in their life will have breast cancer, which is like, that's outrageous. It's like you can think of eight women that are close in your life easily. Yeah. And go like, all right, that's one of them statistically. You just mm-hmm. pick, right? Uh, and luckily, survival rates have gone up and the treatment is like, I mean, it's a lot better than it was. Yeah. But it's still crazy to think that one in eight right now. And that's just that one type of cancer, right? You get to some of the other ones, it's like, dude, that's scary. Aren't we Aren't we all three going to get prostate cancer if we live all, like, old enough? I, mean, I hope not. I don't know the rules, though. So uh, Yeah, like isn't that something like prostate I think Strouser said something about that. Like if you live long enough, everybody will have some form of prostate cancer or cold, maybe it's colon cancer. Oh, maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Prostate cancer, they're better at treating colon cancer. That's rapid, man. That's just, ugh. And that how the guy from um, uh, Black Panther, didn't he have? Colon cancer, Something like that, yeah. Uh, and, and that's another one. You never even knew you had it. And he was doing all those appearances and all those shoots and stuff still. And then one day we saw a picture of him and everyone was like, whoa, you know, like, what's wrong with Chadwick Boseman? Like, mm-hmm. is that for a role or something? And then he, you know, they released that he was suffering from, I think it was colon cancer. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I know a lot of people were making fun of him in memes because he had lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he didn't talk about it until after he died. That's when it came out, how he passed away. That's the thing, like, with people, it's like, just be nice, man. Like, you don't have to mock somebody because of the way they look. You know, I mean, you never know what somebody's dealing with. And this man's dealing with his life, and he's still trying to entertain people. And then people online, maybe because they're just 
ignorant or they have a shitty life themselves that they just want to put somebody else down. It's like, why? It doesn't have to be that way. Norm MacDonald, same way. He was one that, uh, yeah, you, you never knew anything was wrong with him and then gone. Uh, and that was, he was one of my favorite comedians of all time. And it's like, Oh, this was like a different level of sad when like one of your, your heroes is gone like that. And Bozeman, I know the same thing. It's, uh, it's crazy how many people just suffered in silence through that kind of stuff, you know? Cause I can only imagine like me, I, I would want to have people around. I would want to have some level of like just the attention on it. These guys that did it all by themselves. It's, it's a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, disease and, and all that shit is, that's a killer man that, and, and like, that's what, that's what bothers me about like all this shit that's happening. Like all these random acts of violence that are happening all over, not just here in Memphis, but just all over in general. And it's like, why are you cutting people's lives short than it already is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life is already brief, but then you have some person that is unstable that wants to take other people out because they got issues. Like, I wish that the whole thing, cause I don't know why it is, but especially with men, I wish we could get to a point where we're able to talk about what's bothering us instead of feeling like you have to push it down and be, it's weak to, to talk about shit. I think it's weak if you, you don't seek help yeah. if you're at that point. You, you know, know? It's, it's, it's sad. Exactly. I agree with you, Tony, but like, you know, I don't, I forget what his name is, but the green power ranger, he just oh, committed yeah. suicide. Right. Yeah. And, every, you know, and it, that was a shocker to everybody because he was doing appearances with all the Rangers and all kinds of stuff all over the world. Mm. And he's doing all the big Comic Cons and all that stuff, you know. And nobody nobody had nobody had any idea that he was um, sad or, you know, something was going on in his mind, man. And then I opened Facebook two couple of days later and, boom, I see the first thing I see is his picture. And he's, you know, he, died, uh, he committed suicide. Mm. It's just like, fuck, man. And then, you know, and that's when everyone's also talking again about the talk is going on about how men need to come to talk to people if they need to. I was with a group of friends last night and one of the main things we got, we were just hanging out and, you know, it was like, you know, one of the brothers said, you know, there's no reason why we can't talk about this shit. We need to be talking about this shit, whether it's to each other or uh, whether it's just going to see somebody, but if something's going on, I think we need to reach out to somebody. Yeah. It's, it's weird. The stigma that therapy had, it's something where I am uh, not, not too uh, far from being divorced. And it's something where as soon as those conversations started happening, it's like, I, I know I need to get into some sort of therapy weekly just to be making sure that I'm still, I, I got enough people depending on me to do stuff, mm. whether it's through work, through my kids, whatever it may be. I can't be just this lesser version or going through the motions or not here at all, be it physically or mentally or whatever it may be. So let me go ahead and get in. And like, that's something to wear for six months or so. Uh, I've been going to therapy weekly and it is, um, it's unique. I, you got people that will go into therapy and they will say, yeah, oh, man, this therapist was terrible about this, that, and the other. So much of it is like, are you willing to do the work? With therapy, there's I think there are the 10% that are the Michael Jordan of therapists, and they're the best in the world. And you got the bottom 10% that are just awful, and maybe they shouldn't be doing it like every industry ever. Mm-hmm. But I think 80% of them will get the job done. And it's something where it's like, all right, are you willing to do the work? Are you willing to show up? And they say, hey, you know, you need to be thinking about this. You need to be journaling. You need to be doing whatever the thing may be that they, they say, hey, you're bad at being alone. Have you tried going to dinner by yourself and just do whatever? Like, whatever the work is, are you willing to do it? And most people that that had those opinions, oh, therapy doesn't, whatever, it's because they're not willing to do the work for the most part. Yeah. 
So what was the, the catalyst for you to decide to go get therapy? I, you know, it's something where um, I, I'd never been divorced before. It was something where I knew it was going to be different from a lot of things mm-hmm. that, than I'd experienced and make sure that I was going to be processing things well um, was the intent. Uh, because again, you know, my life is short and you only have, especially when your kids are young, you only get them for so long Yeah. Uh, before they're out of your house. And, and the bulk of the time that you will have spent with them will be all before they turn 18. After they turn 18, you know, they're, they're doing other things and you don't see them near as much. So I, I knew that while they were with me, I needed to be the best version of myself that I can be. And I was going through one of the harder things I've ever gone through. So let's go ahead and, and make sure that even though I feel like I'm okay right now in any one specific moment, Let's make sure there's not something else going on to where it's just me being blinded to it. And so you said you've been doing it for what, six months now? Yeah, ish, pretty much. I mean, we'll have some weeks on and off, but for the most part, it's been weekly for six months. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just need somebody to talk to, either a therapist or a close friend or something. I did see this thing one time where about the friendship part, you should reach out to your friend and be like, do you have time for me to unload my bullshit on you? Because sometimes some people just inundate you with a bunch of shit and you're like, man, I didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a good thing. Like, well, I know they have like better help and all these other outlets that people can talk to somebody. Because I think a lot of people do need to have uh, somebody that's not judgmental. Because like if you do talk to somebody you love or you're friends with, they're going to might have like some ideas of their own. And so somebody that can non-judgmental they can be like well you are fucking up here you need to do this or you just uh you know just unload and they can listen and then it might be therapeutic just to have somebody to talk to well that's not gonna you know but what did you do or you know you did this wrong or you know so that's good man that is awesome that you were able to do that or are doing that I, i think one of the things we could also do though is um check on your friends that you know are going through stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it may be, even though they look like they got their stuff together, it's like, hey, let's just go ahead and check. Because I had several friends that are not really in my life a whole lot now. Yeah. Because like, hey, you seem fine. So we just, you know, step back. And like, I figured you'd reach out if you need something. It's like, people don't reach out when they need something. Yeah. Not when you're going through hard stuff, they don't. So like, if you know somebody's going through something that's hard, be intentional to be around them more than, than you think you would be normally. We're all busy. We all got stuff going on. But making sure that you're reaching out to, to have a conversation. Well, let's let's just grab lunch anyway. Are you yeah. like, no, 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 I, I know you're fine, but can we, let's go grab a beer, whatever it may be. Those conversations go an incredibly long way because just because someone looks like they got it all together. It's, I mean, how many stories have we heard of people that, that didn't? Everything seemed fine on the surface, but not so much. Have you seen that thing? It's like, they ask men, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then like, they're like, every man that says that is not good, but he'll say that he's good. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, you know, like they ask, man, who do you go to when you're dealing with problems? I'm like, nobody. I just suck it up. Mm. And that's, that can't be good because, like, it, you can just look at the way the world is going and it doesn't seem like a good path. Yeah. You know, there was a time where people were in depression, barely had anything, but I, I don't think we're at that point anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think now it's not all just about survival. Because like, if you look at your parents, they're a product of their parents. So like if your parent, their parents were like just barely, barely getting by or they feel like they show love by uh, shelter and food and not words of encouragement or, you know, telling you that they love you. I think that's where you need a more of a mix of like empathy and, and love and like that. I think a lot of men lack because mm-hmm. I think it's just like just ingrained in everybody. You got to be just tough guy. And there's a lot of guys that. 
or what they consider alpha are just loud yeah. and obnoxious, you know? Like, I think some of the most alpha guys are probably like Bill Gates and uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You know, just looking at them, like, they were all, they're not physically something, but they're they're crushing in the business world. That's a very alpha thing. And, like, even, like, the whole thing of alpha, like, like the guy we had on the, or I had on the podcast earlier today. Oh, ben. Like, that's one of his things about being alpha, but, like, it's more of a pack thing. You take care of the people around you. Mm. It's not just being the bully. And we probably all know someone that uh, looks like they've got the alpha thing going on, that all the muscles, the loud, the job, the whatever it may be, and they're an absolute mess Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be able to lead anything. Um, Shouldn't lead a snow cone stand, much less like, (laughs) you know, men into battle. That's just not not built for that mentally. Yeah, I I wrote this thing the other day, or it was yesterday. I was like, "Would would you believe in somebody that doesn't believe in themselves? So, like... Basically, if somebody promises that they're going to do something for themselves and they don't do it, would you want that person to take care of you? Mm-hmm. Like, if they can't even take care of yourself themselves, how are they going to take care of anybody else around them? Yeah, that's good. But, yeah, there's a lot of mentally weak people, unfortunately, man. Like, I just don't know where that comes from. Like, I don't know why they can't get outside themselves, like, uh, to be like, hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... Like I said, there's nothing wrong with seeking help, and especially if you, if the, if the alternative is detrimental to you. What is it called when, like, you take care of other people, but you don't take care of yourself? Like, isn't that a reverse form? Like, I don't know. Like, it's along with therapy. Like, they can help everybody, but they can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, in that way, kind of like what you said. Like, that guy seems like he's got his shit together because he's helping everybody, but internally he doesn't. Right? And he's just, I don't know. I'm, like, I don't know what it's called, but. Yeah. I'd, if you don't know, we don't know. Well, I thought maybe you. I thought maybe you guys would know what it's like. That was like a term for it or something. Uh, there's something called Google, man. Yeah, that's true. It's always on his phone too. You figured he'd. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I just, I just wish that more people would just realize how precious this time is, and 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 do more with it, man, and and stop being so mean to people and. And, and love each other a little bit more and love ourselves. I mean, you can't love other people without loving yourself. Uh, 100%, well, that, all that, that phrase, it's, uh, it's become cliche at this point, but hurt people hurt people. Yes. It's so true, man. Uh, a lot of times. And it's, uh, it was an empowering thing for me to realize that whenever I, I have some of that negativity that's, that's coming at me for whatever reason, just cause there's enough things now in my life to where I'm uh, visible enough to some people that there's going to be someone that doesn't like you, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way. Um, and, stopping for a second to go like, I wonder why they said that. And it probably has nothing to do with me. Mm. It probably has to do with something with them. Um, yeah. and, and just like, all right, well, that, that allows me to take it a lot better as opposed to just going like, Oh man, why am I so bad at this thing? And why did I upset this person? Because I said that thing as opposed to just going, oh, this person like really has a bad relationship with their parents or with their wife, whatever it may be. And that just leads to them lashing out in so many different ways. That's just, they're hurt. And that's why they're they're acting this way. And that, that has allowed me to process a lot of that that feedback better. I asked Ben this question. Let me ask you this. What do you do about people in your life that aren't doing anything, but they complain about their life? Yeah, and those are some of the most frustrating relationships that, that you'll have. And sometimes you can't just get rid of them, right? For yeah. whatever reason, who they are, they're a sibling or something that you, you can't make them go away. But I, I try to just not have that energy in my life. Like one of the most attractive traits any person can have 
is just, you know, drive to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying everyone has to want to go be an entrepreneur and start this business. It's going to be a gazillion dollar business. Like you could want to be, you know, a great PTA mom, like go be the best freaking PTA mom out there though. Right. And like, just drive to go do something, whatever the thing may be. I, I don't care that there's financial ramifications for it. So when you've got those people that just, they don't want anything, they're just coasting by. It's like, what are you doing here, man? Like you're yeah. just, you're just okay with whatever. Like, well, how do you find the will to get up and do it again the next day? Because I, I want to be better. I, I want to set the high score again. So like, how are you just okay? Just getting through. Yeah. Like uh, I always say stuff about things and then people are like, well, why are you, why are you picking on them? Why are you, I'm like, I'm trying to make people around me better. I would hope somebody would want to do the same for me. Hmm. Like I think every man especially should have some type of ambition or drive. You should have some kind of goal that gets you up every single day to want to do more with your life. But like I said, some people are content and like, I just, me personally, that's not, that's not something I can wrap my brain around. I can't imagine just every day, just be like, oh, it's just another day. Well, and I think there's probably a healthy balance to fall on the other side too, because there's some people that are just like, so probably toxically chasing money or whatever the thing may be. Right. Yeah. Um, Having a healthy relationship with whatever that drive is that you're chasing is a good thing, but that, that pendulum swings both ways. And those people that just have no motivation to go do whatever the thing is, it's, I, I don't have space in my life to be able to, to give it to them because I can't want it more than you, whatever it is that's it's going on. Man, I say that all the time, man, you can't want more for somebody than they want for themselves. And that's a hard thing to do, especially if you've been around somebody for long, like I say, like it's a family member or like I said, a friend or whatever, or even a spouse. But like, there has to be a point where, I think you like Gary V says, you got to cut the the loser friend out of your life. Doesn't mean you got to not be friends with them forever, but you just have to distance yourself from them. Because mm-hmm. sometimes like maybe I, my buddy Eubank said this. He's like, either you get on board, or you get left behind. You know, like some people just don't want to be on board. Some people don't want to. They they just want to ride that coattail. You can't always be a coattail rider, man. Like well, that's not attractive. I don't find. Also, I mean, you'll get to the point, too, where you'll realize, like, man, I'm doing some things and, and this person's still making the same stupid mistakes that we did back when we were 18 or whatever it may be. Like, it's like, did you not grow up at all? <laughs> or are we we going to be yeah. adults at some point and start, like, really accomplishing things? Because I don't want to like, – even now, when I look at where I'm at right now, I'm 35, and I don't want to be 45 still having the same stuff. Yeah. Like, there's there just needs to be a better version of myself. I don't want to recognize who I am now when I get to that point. And will it all be perfect? Absolutely not. Yeah. Gonna, there's going to be stretches where I'm a mess. I know that. But I don't want to be able to be recognizable to who I am 10 years from now. <laughs> when, when did you realize that you were gro- maturing, like growing up? Uh, who knows, right? I, I know... In the moment, there's several seasons in my life where I look back like, man, you couldn't tell me shit back then. Yeah. Whatever it was. I was so convicted that at 25, I had everything figured out and I was going to have this. And then you get to 30 and you're like, well, okay, things went different. And, you know, now I learned. And um, I suppose even now getting to the point where I I can acknowledge that I don't have everything figured out at this point. Yeah. And I may have something that I believe in my core and I 100% believe in it. You may be on the other side of that coin and believe something totally opposite. Now I'll hear you out. Now, now I'll, I'll sit and I'll listen and go like, I, I fully believe this for me, but let me understand why Tony believes something different. Mm. Right. Uh, and, um, I suppose that that's a level of growth that's been in the last, but I'm also, I'm not a super confrontational person either. Yeah. So I'm not just out there seeking that fight for, 
I believe this at my core, hundred percent. I'm going to go make sure everybody else believes it too. If you don't believe it, okay, you, you can be wrong. I'm fine with that. Like, just go be wrong. Um, like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have to fight you on everything. Yeah, because I know, like, um, I saw something that. Well, Mike King said it, and uh, Nate Olivia said it too. Like, they both didn't mature till like forty five. Yeah, and I saw a thing one time that some men don't mature until they're forty five, forty six, which to me is just insane. Especially those two guys had kids. Mm. And did your kids make you grow up a little bit more too? Yeah. Um, it's different. So just having kids and kind of transitioning into that, I didn't grow up with a, a real relationship with my dad. So fatherhood was something that was kind of foreign to me anyway until I had the kids. And that mm. was really when I was kind of defining that word for what it was going to be for me. Yeah. Um, and you get to realize how selfish you are when you don't have kids and, and you go through, it's like, it doesn't matter that you want to sit and watch football all day Saturday because like this little person has things that's going to be demanding of you. And like, mm. sorry, dude, you got to go do it. Right. Yeah. So uh, that was definitely something that, that helped along with that. And, and when I look back, like these were the things I was super interested in before having kids. And now they don't really get much space in my mind for, for that anymore. And, and it's not, because like, oh, I've, I've given up on them or I dislike them or something like that. It's just there's other things that matter more. Yeah. And, and you've got to go. I can't just sit and think for four hours on a fantasy football lineup now. It's like, yeah, you, it's you've got four minutes to set the team and keep moving. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, OK, 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 OK. Yeah. Auto pick, you know, <clears throat> because when Twitch became or when John became a dad, he said man, his life was just turned upside down. But for the bet, for the best, you know, because he was just having wild time in Fort Wayne living life. And then he met Sarah and, you know, um, you know, they got pregnant and they, you know, and here they are two kids later living in Memphis. He's kicking ass. We read media and the rest is history. He said he, he wouldn't know what his life would be without his girls in it now. Yeah. So I, I've heard people say some of the things when they talk about becoming a new parent and um, I didn't feel a lot of it. Right. So you, you hear people say like, man, this the first time you hold that baby, you look in their eyes and like everything changes. That wasn't me. Mm. Um, that, that didn't happen right off the bat. And some of it uh, being men and women, like they, they carried that baby for nine months and have a different bond. And like, yeah. for me, it's like no baby one day, baby the next day. I didn't have nine months of like, yeah, yeah. I knew there was something there, but it wasn't the same connection. So it, it's immediately it's work and having a brand new baby. It sucks. It's hard. Like just, you can't communicate with them that the, you, you're trying to figure everything out for the very first time, especially when you're first. It, it is miserably hard to have it. Like it's incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of amazing things that comes with it. And I'm so grateful to have my girls. Uh, but I didn't have that immediate, like, Oh my goodness, I've never known love this big in the hospital. It's like it, it had to happen over time as, as we had that connection kind of develop that. And you kind of like feel like you're faking it or like you're, you're a bad dad initially because you've got these people that have told you like, Oh, you'll, you'll never know love until you, you look I'm like, ah. I, mean, I, 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 <laughs> yeah. knew, I knew she was yelling and I knew I need to figure something out about it. Yeah. But like that, that love grew as I learned their personalities, as I got to see, you know, all these things. And now that they're you know a little bit older and talking and decorating Christmas trees and whatnot, like it's, it's a different animal. Uh, now. And like, I, I can't imagine at that point, but it wasn't right away for me. Like some other people describe And I'm not saying that my way is right and their way is wrong. It's, it's just different people. And that's the way I'm wired. It's like, show me first. <laughs> let me, let yeah. me, let me grow that. Love. I was reading some stuff on Reddit the other day where it's like this new parents thing, you know, it just happened to be in my feed. And like some, some parents are like, or some, you know, I don't, it doesn't, you don't know if they're male or female saying this, but like, they were just like, man, I just, 
don't love my kids the way my parents loved me. I don't know. Is something wrong with me? Like, why don't I love them the way I, my parents loved me? And, you know, people people comment. And it's like, oh, no, the, you know, if you don't love them right off the bat, you know, the love will come. You know, it, maybe it's all foreign to you because you don't, like you just said, nailed it. You don't know how to communicate, you know, yet. And, like, they're like, to stick with it. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I just... All right, and then I'm I'm good. I'm following the thread because I'm curious now to see like a couple yeah. months later what's happened. But like it's it's crazy because you always hear the as soon as you lay eyes on your child, boom, you know your life is different. But I, you just said completely different. Right. Did you always want to be a parent? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't realize some of the that love those acts you do. I mean that that's obligation for a while, right? For for me it was, right? I know my role as a father is to do these things. So I'm going to do these things and hope my heart catches up. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of where I was. But I always wanted to have kids. I always wanted to to have a family and kind of see what that's going to look like and um it's uh it's unique just having the the background and upbringing that I did to kind of define fatherhood differently. Mm-hmm. And and just when you grow up with certain wounds and you go like I'm I'm not going to be this, I'm not going to do that, whatever it may be. And then eventually you realize like, all right, well, I'm just, I'm screwing them up differently. Now it's probably what it is. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And every generation talks about it. It's like our parents were this way. So we swing back the other way and vice versa. Uh, a guy that was a mentor of mine said, you know, my goal as, as a parent is just to make sure I love them well, that they're protected. Mm. And then I have the relationship strong enough to get invited to the therapist when they're 25 to apologize. <laughs> because like, I, I just, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a mess and uh, you know, we're just all doing the best we can. Yeah. It was like, you know, our parents were figuring it out just like their parents were figuring it out, right? When our parents were figuring it out, there was no online. You couldn't go online to oh, look for any tips or, hey, my baby won't stop coughing. You know, you, you went to the doctor or for everything, you know, or you went to wherever they told you to go. And that was it. I mean, sometimes it was just, no, a spoonful of sugar fixes this, like <laughs> yeah. whatever grandma's recipe was. And this yeah. is supposed to, you know, fix whatever. So uh, it, it's um, John Carroll is the guy that started Choose 901. And uh, he's got this great bit that I've seen him do a handful of times where he talks about like kind of like the generational wounds that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's like with well, this generation where they were coming out of, you know, World War Two and like, you know, everything is like scarcity um, raised these kids that as soon as they got out, they were had this like luxury and like they, they we're going to have lake houses. We started to have divorce because we started feeling all these freedoms that we never knew from our parents that were, um, you know, just holding on to everything, just trying to make it through. Yeah. And now it's all these identity things that we've got in our current generations of trying to identify like what do I want to be? And maybe not always chasing the, the job or the career, or whatever the thing may be now, but like, what oh, just brings me happiness and joy and satisfaction. And it may not be money, but either way, they've got a goal and something they're after. And maybe it's because I want to be able to volunteer and I'm not identifying as my job, but th- that whole thought process there is, um, it's unique because we're all, um, formed through wounds that we have in the past somewhere along the way. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. What do you think about, I saw this the other day that like, I don't know, maybe you do do this, but there's this thing where this guy said he, every day he wakes up, he drinks a certain amount of water and then he won't look at his phone, but, or social media, I'm saying he won't look at social media, but he'll reach out to three of his friends. I know you mentioned the thing about like, you know, reach out to people. Do you do that where you reach out to somebody, you tell them something good about themselves or you're, you're thinking about them? Not as much as I should know. It's something where I I will do it occasionally, um, but it's, and I'm always like, blown away by how well it's received. Yeah. And then you think, why don't I do this more often? Right. And then you start (laughs) doing life. Right. Um, I I found with things like that and something I know I need to do, is just like calendar it, put a structure around it so that, and it 
for a little bit, you'll go like, man, this doesn't feel genuine that I have to put it on Tuesday at two o'clock, call Tony and tell him something nice about him. Yeah. But yeah. like, who cares? Like, just do it and you'll be glad that you did it. Yeah. And to the person that's receiving that call or the note or whatever the thing may be, like it's, it means the world to that person. So, um, it's definitely something I need to do, do a better job of, but also I, whether it's, I do some handwritten notes, I do some emails, I do some things to where it's like, I'm going to make sure that people that are important to me, um, get to feel, you know, encouraged in some way. Yeah. Not, not as frequently as I should, not as whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I try to do it when I can. Yeah. Cause there's this whole thing where I saw where like you, they say, give people their flowers mm-hmm. and you tell people how you appreciate them before they're gone. Cause unfortunately, especially as men, um, a lot of times we don't hear good stuff about us, maybe on our birthday or at a wedding or at your funeral, which we don't know if we can hear that or not. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so like to tell people that, cause that's what I started doing at the end of each podcast. I always ask people like, who would you like to give flowers to? Like who would you like to give appreciation to? And so like, if that, I think like you said, if you can do that and then somebody hear that and they're like, Oh shit, that does make me feel good. I want to pay it forward and do it to somebody else. You know, that might change the world, you know how, or at least that person's world, mm-hmm. at least for that day or it may, like I said, it may make them springboard and do it for other people. Because like I said, I just think that good words are a lot of things that we as people lack, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And like, I think like, like I said, I don't know why it is like guys are like, oh, it's gay, man. Tell a guy how you feel about it. I'm like, I think maybe if you want to have sex with a man, that might be gay. <laughs> <laughs> but not telling a man that, you know, something he's doing as well, you know, like words of encouragement. Like, so- I don't know. So one of my Circle K managers, she just recovered from um, lung cancer. She did chemo and all that stuff, and she's back work now. <clears throat> and she you knows she for the longest time she had a hat on. And I forgot she had I, – I saw her um, recently, and I was like, girl, your hair looking good. What's up? Why? Who's, who's coming to see you? And she's like, really? Does it really look good? And I completely forgotten she had cancer, and that's when she had lost her hair, right? Mm. And me just saying that to her made her feel so good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, after I said it, I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck did I just say? I, I can't. How did I forget she had fucking a lung cancer, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, she took it the way I meant it, and it would feel, it would feel so fucking good. And she's like, does it really look good? I was like, yeah. She's like, it's finally growing back. It looks so good. Because I haven't seen it without a hat on over a year. Yeah. So, like, I was like yeah. Do you guys, I'm curious about this. It's kind of the other side of that coin. Do you receive compliments well? Because I know that's something to where I, I've had a bit of growth in that to where people would say nice things about, Oh man, Hey, you do this. Hey, you're so funny. You're so this, whatever. And, and I was like, Oh, whatever. No, I'm just, just a stupid insurance guy. I just kind of blow it off. Right. Uh, I had a friend of mine, she, she got in my face about it one time. Somebody said something nice and I blew it off. Like I've done a million times before. Mm. And she said, stop, stop right now. This person went out of their way to be vulnerable, to say something nice about you. And you just blew it off. One, you're invalidating what she said by, by doing that. Yeah. But also, it's true, damn it. So, like, stop and listen and, and just say thank you because she was vulnerable enough to, to say this nice thing. And it's true about yourself. So just acknowledge, one, that you are that and that she is, is saying something nice. So I, I know I don't uh, – I have to be intentional about receiving compliments well. Do you lean into, like, self-deprecation? So that's definitely a, a defense mechanism for me, right? Like, like that, that's a way to where I'm going to deflect. Uh, that, that's a way that I'm going to use humor to deflect as well. Very yeah. similar thing. Uh, because it, it's funny, it'll, it'll work, but um, also you just, you don't have to, I, I can find that I will, I could get arrogant about some things if I don't. So whenever I, I kind of go that other direction there, that, that keeps that in check. I got you. Um, 
and I'm sure there's a thousand reasons. Like, do you not feel worthy of being good? Whatever. Like, yeah. th- th- there's probably a lot of things that I could unpack if we dove into it. But that is definitely an area to where I will skew that way more so than I will, you know, walk with my chest out. Yeah, that's a, that is a thing. Because like sometimes you will say something nice about somebody, and they'll be quick to like, oh no. And it's like I, I said something nice for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, that is weird that some people automatically go to something not good about themselves or just downplaying themselves. I think it's for me, it's not necessarily that I'm trying to downplay myself, but it's like, I I don't need to be elevated. Yeah. Just a guy, just put it right in the middle. Uh, People they'll hear my name wrong all the time. Dane, right. D A N E. And I would say, it's like great Dane, like, but just regular Dane. Don't set the bar too high. Right. It's it's like just a bit that I've done a thousand times before. But like, when you go back and think about it, it's like, that's, that's a self deprecating thing that, that I'm doing. It's like, I'm not saying I'm bad. No, no, just regular, right, right in the middle. Average is all I'm going for here, guys. Uh, when that's in reality, not how I'm living my life though. I am trying to be great. I am trying to accomplish a lot of things. Um, people that are just going for average, like I'm, I'm pushing and putting in more effort than a lot of that, but it is an odd thing for me to acknowledge when someone tells me that stuff. Mm. Like I, I don't, I don't accept it well uh, because I, I know there's still a lot of things to, to do. How do you, do you, how do you, I think I just make a joke about it. Like yeah. my friend, uh, my friend sent me a thing the other day. Uh, one of my friends had made a post about the pies we were giving away on Thursday. And um, she's like, that's so nice of you taking time out of your day. You know, like not a lot of people do that. And I just proceeded to send her a picture of like, of hot chick from Instagram or something, you know, like, I was like, Oh, thanks. But you know, here, let's get, let's get back on topic. Yeah. You know, like exactly what you said, like you just deflect from it, but I don't know why I do that. Like, you know, I was like, and then I went back and say, Oh, thank you so much for saying that. That was really nice of you, you know, cause I didn't want her to hurt her feeling, but just ignoring the comment, you know, well, it's good that you did that. Right. Like for yeah. a lot of us, we'll go through and we'll just deflect as opposed to going back and acknowledging that like, no, someone did go out of their way to say this nice things about you. Like accept that. Yeah. yeah. How about you Tony? I accept people's compliments. Like you say things. <laughs> I, you know, you I mean, you say it like you say it like you weren't being serious. Like I no, didn't know. I like, do. Oh, okay. I say thank you. You believe him? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff that I've worked towards to get to the point where people will compliment compliment me about something. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, why would I? Oh no, I don't deserve that. You know. Oh, so you never, you never, uh, play it off or just like, oh, whatever. I mean, it's very, well, I think it's very few and far between. Like I said, like <laughs> a lot of guys don't hear a lot of good shit. So like when you do hear it, it's, it's nice. Yeah. I, I maybe in the very beginning, like when I was younger, maybe, like I said, there's a lot of growth I've done from like 22 to I'm 43 now to 43. So like there was a, like the way I grew up, man, like. Talking about feelings was something we didn't do. Uh, crying was definitely something. I can count on my hand how many times I've cried in my life. That's that's how instilled in me that that wasn't mm-hmm. a thing we we're supposed to do. Um, and like hugging was very weird to me. Like people used to when I started hanging out with these people, they wanted to hug, and I'm like, what the fuck, are you doing, man? Like mm-hmm. get off of me. God, hey, what's up, man? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like yeah. you know, I was like I said, just with maturity, I've I've learned that you need to be grow. You know, you can't just you can't just be like closed off to everything because I mean, like like you said, that might insult somebody if you're like they say something nice and you're like, oh, oh, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, do you find those relationships you grew up with where like, look, 
this was abnormal for me to talk about feelings and whatnot. You've got people in your life now that you're fine having conversations about emotions, whatever the things may be. But when you go back, like my family was not super affectionate, not, not like we wouldn't hug, whatever. Yeah. We, we didn't talk about things. I can have oversharing conversations with you and all kinds of people in my life. And then we'll go at Thanksgiving and it's like, oh, no, things are good. Things are fine. Whatever. It's like, <laughs> hello, how are you today? Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's uh, like, we're all that way. They're like, all of us probably more affectionate on our own outside of that. But in whatever, when you put us all back together, it's like, hold on, this is weird. Like, we're yeah. not hug at Thanksgiving. That's odd. Yeah. I don't know why that is, man. I, I, it's something that it's, that needs to be broken though. Yeah. And like I said, I think you should spend time with people that do make you want to do that more. And unfortunately, if it's your family is not like that, I don't know if you can change. Because some people, once they're a certain age, they're just stuck in their ways, man. There's no breaking that. Yeah. Do you accept or are you able to talk about things that are non-serious or that are serious? Uh, yeah, I've gotten much better at it. Before, it was hard for me. Like, you know, we were having this conversation last night. At my friend's house, and you know, we're just hanging out, sitting around the fire and shit, bullshitting, right? And the conversation went from like, haha, they're all of a sudden joking about stuff, and more into a serious topic. And you know, we were all sitting there talking about it and how we can help and what we can do. And I was able to come, uh, give input into that conversation before I probably would have just shut down and not said anything. I don't know why, but I've definitely. I'm definitely getting better at having serious conversations with people. What, so, and I, I don't know a lot about you, but what I hear people describe, I just like, no, you got a good heart. It, it's that he wants well, but like, it's, you know, maybe not always been able to take the action behind it. So maybe you would have still like felt a certain way. You would have elicited yeah. those emotions, but you wouldn't have been able to communicate back into the group. Exactly. Right. Right. But now I'm able to, you know, I'm able to communicate better Yeah, at it. Does that make sense? Davey. You weren't very good at communicating. <laughs> right right there. Of all the times that I communicated, well, <laughs> that was it. Could not have had a worse timing. Yeah, but no, I I have gotten much better. What about you? You're you're really good because people like we'll be out somewhere sometimes, and like we'll say what's up, hey, how you doing? It's like the different people, and then like you look like where'd Tony go? He's over, and you'll see him. He's over there having a conversation with one of our friends or whatever. He'd be like, man, I didn't I didn't realize that. Coming out, I was going to be you know, having a conversation for 30 minutes about something with that person. And I'm like, well, you know, they want to talk and, mm -hmm. you know, they know you, they know you listen really well. So that's, you know, good, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not the, the idea when you're going out, but I mean, if somebody is willing to pour themselves out to you, the least I can do is listen to them. Absolutely. You know, I mean, cause that'd be selfish on my part. Like I don't have time for you. And he just walks away, comes to us or something, yeah. you know, like. Do you find that strangers will do that to you as well, though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's some of those people that just, I mean, you got one of those faces where people just feel like they're going to share everything for you. I never told anybody this before, but for whatever yeah. reason, you know. Yeah, I get that a lot, man. I don't know what it is. And I had, well, somebody told me one time, they said that uh, I have a way of sometimes making people feel comfortable. And I don't know. It's not like I intentionally try to do it. Like, I have a buddy of mine, Eubank. This guy is one of the most charismatic people I've ever met. He makes people like feel like he's your best friend. And it's not like he's trying to do that. It's just his. Who that's is. just who he is, you know. And I told him when we were we went down to Columbia because Switch came with us for that trip or John. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I was like, this this guy, he just has this gift, man. There's just something that that's his talent. Like I don't know what it is. Like I said, it's not fake. That's just who he is. And I don't know. 
uh, that's a good thing, I guess, man, like that people want to share with you, you know, like I said, but like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I guess you do have to have that part where when it's like your friends, like you should ask, probably ask people, Hey, do you have time for me to unload mm-hmm. on you? But I don't know if, if it might save them from doing something or going down a bad path, fucking unload. Yeah. You know, well, it's, it's a, um, special relationship though. If you can be like, Hey, Tony, hold on one second. I, I've got something big to talk about with you. Do you have the capacity for this right now? And then you actually revisit it. Yeah. Because I, I know I've got some people in my life where it's like, Hey, you know, I'm in the middle of this thing right now. I promise you this is important to me and whatever you've got going on. Like I, I want to hear it, but mm-hmm. can we connect in four hours and then we'll talk about it, whatever you need. Yeah. Just let me get through this. Like that's a special relationship that you may only get a handful of those in your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's that's a good way of phrasing it. You know, I have people I work with that hit me up. I, I don't know why they're coming to me for advice or stuff, but like they're like, "Well, what do you think I need to do about this or that?" I'm like, "Hey, if it was me, I would just keep my head down and keep on going with it because that's if you don't like it, then you have one option, right? You quit, you whatever. If it's like about his like wife or whatever, then you know I'm just like." But when it comes to work, they all, everybody calls me for advice on work stuff. I'm just like, man, I just do what I'm supposed to do. If you all would just start doing that, then all the pressure will be off your back from your mm. team leaders, you know, and or whoever's on their ass, you know. But like, they're always, they always just constantly calling. And one day I just stop answering the phone and I, I feel bad. And I call them back in like five minutes, you know, I'm like, fuck, I need to call them and see what it's up. Mm-hmm. It's like the guys that aren't even on my team that are reaching out to me. And, you know, like I don't even personally know them. So I'm just like, man, mm-hmm. stop. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'm just following the steps of service, like, you know, to a T and that's it. Yeah. Tony, you said uh, that you do have, you'll have strangers that'll reach out to you and you, and you can listen. You're obviously known for being listening. I know I find myself, I'm curious. So I similarly have people that for whatever reason will open up more to me yeah. than they would otherwise. And I'm just, I'm curious about people and how you got to be who you are and, and what happened along the way that made you here. So because of that, I will find myself asking questions that I'm not relationally entitled to the answer mm-hmm. because man, I, I just met you. I, sh- I shouldn't ask this question, but I'm going to ask just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And then from that, it allows someone's like, no one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. So I don't know. You asked, so I told you. And now we're having this whole different level of conversation that I never expected to have. Um, I think that probably came from when I was a financial advisor, right? Like we were having conversations about money and things that like I was not relationally entitled to know, but professionally, that was my job to ask mm-hmm. these questions. So I, I don't turn it off well. And I just continue to do that in regular life about you know, I'm curious, you said this thing. Tell me, what's that relationship like for you? Yeah. Yeah, that's like I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and he was he was telling me about some friend of ours. And he's like, yeah, she's in town because her and her husband are having problems. And, and I'm like, well, what did they, this, this, this. And he's like, I don't know. I didn't ask a question. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, it's not a podcast, man. I'm like, this is just me having a conversation with you, man. I'm not prying. I'm just asking you a conversation off something or a question off something you threw out there. Yeah. Did they bring it up? Oh, yeah, no, they thought that. Oh, I wouldn't have oh, fucking known. No, yeah. But, like, that's even like, um, it's not a podcast. What the fuck? Yeah. People do that to me, too, though. Like, oh, you're just trying to interview me again. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to interview. I'm just genuinely, like, yeah. I like you as a person. So I wanted to make sure you're okay about this thing. You know? <laughs> I had this lady, um, I reached out to her a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago or whatever. And her question was to me, was like, so tell me about your podcast. You know, I gave her the spill, like, what we talk about and stuff. And, and she was like, okay, um, 
go in and send my assistant the 10 questions or 15 questions. I'm like, well, ours is set up different. We don't, we don't have a, a format or a set of questions or anything like that. We just have a conversation. She's like, oh, okay, well, I'll get back to you. And, you know, so I sent her another message a couple of weeks ago or like two weeks ago. And I was like, hey, by the way, I never heard back from you. Are you still interested in doing this? If not, I, I just need to know so I can move on, you know, and so she's like, oh, well, you know, I think I'm going to pass because I'm, I'm, I like structure. I was like, well, you know, we, we have structure. We talk, you know, get to know each other as friends sitting around a bar drinking beers or, you know, at the coffee shop or whatever. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass. I was like, all right, well, thank you for your time. Thanks for, re- I appreciate you really responding to my DM. That was a lot, you know, I meant a lot. So mm-hmm. thanks. People are scared of that. And like, that's, my show has a lot of structure in that mm-hmm. my questions are generally scripted out ahead of time. We've talked about it with the guests as well. They have an idea of where we're heading. And you may say something that's interesting and we're going to chase that rabbit for a while, but mine's generally fairly structured. And, and I've found people that are not, um, wouldn't typically be a great interview on their own when they have time to sit and think and write out their answers and whatnot, that they're able to give more thoughtful responses. So it's allowed me to um, have fewer of those conversations that are like, man, this one's just awful. And this person's boring with people that don't do that all the time. You guys, a lot of times are talking to people that have got some like really great things going on wherever they are because your show's got more general appeal. Mine's there's 3000, 4,000 people in this industry, right? Like, that's that's the whole pool of people that I could potentially talk to. And not as many as you've got everybody with a pulse that if, yeah. if they're great at something, maybe they could be here, you know? Yeah. As far as like that lady, I would just move on. Man. Like, oh, no. I mean, I, you know, we talked a little bit and then we're like, hey, I appreciate you. And, you know, and that was the end of it, you know. And then I unfollowed her because I need to. I have so many people. I can you only you can only follow like 7,500 people on Instagram and they won't let you follow anymore. So really? like when I'm sending messages and stuff. I have to keep on deleting the big booty hoes from my Instagram, which is saddening. But, uh, you know, I've at one point I had to delete like 200 of them because I was like, okay, I'm tired of deleting like 10 at a time. Let me just fucking bite the bullet and fucking uh, delete a whole bunch of them. And, you know, it's been working out much better for me. You kept Tony over the big booty hoes, though. That's the, that's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't cut him. I can't, I can't unfollow him. Yeah. No, Let's yeah. just say okay today, you haven't made that call today is what we'll say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, who knows about tomorrow? Oh, one man. day at a time. But yeah, like I just I send the message out to as many people as I can, you know, on when I'm trying to get guests and stuff. And then I'll get a guest and it will work out. We'll book it. And then they won't check the follow up email. I mean, not the email, but the um, message I send them. And then sometimes they do. A lot of times they do. 90% of, 90% of guests have stayed true to being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But like there are people that are like, oh, that was supposed to be today. Like, I was like, dude, we just talked on Friday, man. It's Sunday. Like, come on, man. Like, like all right, man. Well, we'll just, uh, we'll just reschedule. And I'm just like, fuck you. Kind yeah. of thing. Life happens. Yeah. How do you guys decide who you want to have on? So I'll go uh, and on the Explorer on Instagram. And if I see a picture that sticks out to me, I'll click on it. And then I'll click on the name of the pro- profile or whatever, right? And I'll just start looking at their stuff. And and some people will have, say, 20,000 followers. Some people have 200 followers. Mm-hmm. But I'll just keep on going through their stuff and how they communicate with their people responding, you know, commenting on their stuff. And then I'm like... Well, you know, this guy or this girl had, you know, whatever, they have something going. You know, let me send a message. So basically, to him. he sees a picture and yeah. then he messages them. Why you wonder what picture he saw? <laughs> I mean, me. Hey, it was, my, it was my time. You go on way too long, man. <laughs> this is the top. Uh, push a little button over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I it's, a, it's the one to the top right. 
though the signage real simple, B. It says wrap it up. Shut up, man. I'm like, God bless. <laughs> no, that that in a short one, two or a couple word answer. I like Instagram. Or this one, this one too. <laughs> uh, I like this one. What you just said. No, let's fuck you, man. <laughs> is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I've been fortunate I haven't got that one played yet. Well, I try not to do it in front of people like <laughs> that I really don't know. But uh, yeah, pretty much, if they're engaging with their people, I'll, I like to follow them, and then I'll send them a message. Yeah. But a lot of people, they don't even see the message they say uh, because sometimes it goes to a the different folder. And if it goes to that different folder, usually they just delete all because there's a lot of spam in there and stuff they yeah. say. But I got lucky a lot of times. I think you should. Uh, I think you should just do a podcast, man. You're good. You're good at this, man. I, it, it's um, something to where I I can acknowledge that, like, all right, I, I've got some ability at it, right? Yeah. Am I, you know, the best in the world? I don't know, but like, probably not. I'm, I'm okay at it, and, and I can acknowledge that. But me finding whatever the thing is that I'm passionate about to to have a show that that's the part that can be the challenge. Um, and the the one that I've got right now, it, not saying it's done at all it's Mm -hmm. just i know i need a break um but having something that's got the ability to keep me energized and passionate about it uh and not just bog me down to where it's like man i resent this thing yeah i've got so much going on with it that i just this isn't what's paying the bills so let me be done with it you know um that's the that's the challenge for me is finding whatever that thing is that's passionate that i'm passionate about and it's also not limiting me from doing other things I'm passionate about. Like mm. that, that Vesta thing that I did where I went and did those clips. Again, I, I wouldn't have had the capacity if I was full bore into podcast stuff and not on the tail end of it. Um, there are like 10 other things that are like that, that I, I'd love to go do this cool marketing thing for my business. This thing that just seems fun for me that I'd love to go find a way to do, but I don't have the capacity for it right now. So yeah. me having a, a vehicle that works that way, that's going to be the challenge. Yeah. Cause like I said, I, I think a lot of people, they get into it and they think they're going to be the next big thing. But like, obviously when you get into it, you're like, it takes time, man. You just got to be consistent with it too, or put out good content, you know, like even like the equipment, you don't want it to be too muffle sounding. Cause then people are like, what am I listening to? Is it in a tin yeah. can? Cause I love listening <laughs> to this one guy's podcast. But I can always hear a car in the background. It's like, dude, put some fucking something up to deafen the sound. What is the, what, what now? Oh, from like the studio, you can use. Yeah. It's, he's doing it at his house. I can tell oh. he's doing it at his house, but like, you could just tell, like, you can hear, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're saying good shit, but then you hear that. I'm just distracted by that. And then maybe it's because there's stuff I didn't listen to before or pay attention until I started doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I list, there's stuff that I'll hear. Like, he always clears his throat, and that fucking bothers the fuck out of me, man. And because, like, I'll have to hear it when I'm editing. And then, like, when I start listening to podcasts, like I was like, "Oh shit, Joe Rogan does that all the time." Yeah, he even came out with a button <laughs> to do it, but <laughs> all the other microphones are going to pick it up, you know. Wait, and then wait. There's wait. some other stuff that bothers me, like, um, uh, let me think of what it is. Those people are sniffly. Or, <laughs> you, you hear that when it's like, "Oh man, it's just cold season," and you can hear it in there. And like yeah, that. there's just little things, man. Or like even like even like um, like people on the news, like even on the news, like I never paid attention to how many people stumble over their words. 
until I started doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh shit, people do that just on a regular basis. But like you think like the president is like, you know, bad example. <laughs> Not just Barack left, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like like you know, you think of like even him, but he was just on Trevor Noah, and he like even stumbles over his words and stuff like that. So I don't know. There's just things that I never paid attention to until I start listening to audio more mm-hmm. and people talking. Do you think it's because you had to listen so much? Yeah, that's what I just the, said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was, we just talked about you doing that <laughs> earlier. Yeah. I'm like, here you are doing it. It's like. So Joe Rogan cleared his throat. I feel better a little bit now. He's Joe Rogan. You're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> You're basically Joe Rogan is what he just said there. Thank you. Thank That's you. what he took for a That's what I took yeah. I'm Joe Rogan. The big booty hoes are going to love this, by the way. Bottle service on Memphis Joe Rogan here. Oh, God. Would you, would you, would you do your podcast about like, um, like me- things about Memphis, like Memphis-themed? And not just like sports-wise, but like everything happening in Memphis? Maybe. Um the thing that I have struggled to do, one, my show was unique in that we kind of had a built-in audience of being in an industry-specific thing, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't set out to be, you know, millions of downloads because I knew it's a small pool to begin with. It, it was geographically specific and then industry-specific. There was only a handful of people that were going to listen to it in, on the big scale anyway, but we've exceeded that, which is great. Um, having something that's kind of a general Memphis podcast it's hard to figure out, all right, how do people find it? Who's going to listen to it? And like, really what's it look like? Unless you've got some big vehicle that is a radio station or a TV, like something to where it's like, you've got that built in audience of people that were already tuned in somehow on the way to start that out of scratch can be a challenge. And I, um, I haven't wanted it bad enough to want to take on that challenge. Yeah. Cause like even some of the biggest celebrities, they even flop with their shit and they have a huge following. Yeah, you know, them, a lot of them don't want to work though too. That's that is thing. very true. It's like, hey, I was good at this one thing, so I can just show up and do a podcast. Because look, Tony did it, and he's like, no, 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 Tony's putting in work, man. Like that's yeah. that's real effort. Yeah, I know somebody that said they're going to start a podcast, and it has yet to come to fruition. I, I've had five different people that I've had the conversation with, people that want to start other real estate podcasts in Memphis, and I'm like, yes, come on, come take it. I'm tired. It's yeah. yours, bud. Like I will, sh- I will show you what I've got. Like here's all my links. Here's my stuff. Here's my script that I use. Like you can just do it. Um, and none of them have started it yet. Uh, <laughs> and it's because it's work. Yeah. And man, I got busy, and it's like, yeah, no, me too. By the way, and I still had a podcast <laughs> to do. Like it sucked. Like I always say, an hour is going to pass regardless. Yeah. So you might as well use that hour to do something to benefit your life or better your life. And like some people are always like, oh, I'm just too busy. No, you're not. You you can you can allocate that time somewhere else. Yeah. A lot of people just like to talk. There's a guy, man. Ever since we've been doing this. Oh, that's every time he was like, I was like, damn, man. I was talking about you earlier. <laughs> yeah, but the podcast. I there's I do a have guy, a name though that he gave me though. There's a guy, every single time I see him, he's like, Oh man, I just want to come over and sit and listen to y'all. Like, dude, you can sit on your fucking phone and listen to the, yeah. what, how we do it. Like, you just don't want to do it. Like, you've been talking about this for three years now. Yeah. Every single time I see this dude, he has the same conversation with me. And at the point now, it's just like, don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah. That's, you know, because like, you're like the boy who cried wolf. That's how mine got started. Uh, it was on my plan to do all year long for that whole year 2020. I was going to do it quarter one, didn't have a quarter one. Quarter two, didn't have it. Quarter three rolled around, and I said, it doesn't get to stay on your plan anymore if you don't have it done by the end of this quarter. you mm. got to stop saying that you're going to start a podcast. Dial with it. Either do it or don't. And within a month, it was going. Yeah. Uh, and it was something where it's just a matter of like, stop talking about it, man. Um, action's got to happen. Yeah. And, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, that, that was, that was a, obviously a, a big push and it allowed me to like, when the fire gets hot, you've actually got to start doing it. That's, that's when it's like you start figuring stuff out as opposed to, I need to have everything working ahead of time. Like, no, you don't like, yeah. maybe nobody's listening to the beginning anyway. So like, just figure it out and learn on the fly and, and you'll figure it out. You're not doing heart surgery here. You can screw up. I think a lot of people are afraid of what other people are going to think too. So I think that holds them back also. They're like, oh, somebody's going to judge me for what I'm doing, but you're doing something that they're not doing. Mm-hmm. So why worry about their opinion anyways? They're not paying for your equipment or your to listen. I mean, if one person listens, that's a win. Because mm-hmm. you never know who that one person could be. That one person could turn. I mean, you may change that one person. You may say something or have a guest on there that hears something that might change the tra- trajectory of their life. But, yeah, just to talk about it, I just don't get that, man. Like, that's just, I don't know. Well, why did you guys start this? You want to tell your bullshit that you normally tell people? No, no, no. I'm good. Go ahead. The big booty hose? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, my friend, uh, he lived here, and then he moved to Florida, and he was like, hey, I want to start a podcast. This is, like, 2017, 2018. And uh, I was like, man, I have no idea how to start a podcast. But, okay, we can try it. He's like, yeah, we'll just record something over the phone, and, and we'll listen back to it. And so that never happened. Then he moved back here. And he's like, hey, let's do that podcast thing. And I was like, okay, come over. We'll do it on a Sunday. He didn't show up. So then I was like, fuck it, man. Because I had thought about it before. Because one time we were all in a car and we were just talking bullshit. And I was like, this could be a podcast, you know. It's like that meme. Everybody thinks they're like the funniest person in the world. Mm -hmm. But like, so then we, I bought some, I just went on Amazon and bought some equipment. And I have a friend of mine, his wife has a podcast. He lives in San Diego. And I had asked him some couple of questions. But the rest of the stuff, I just figured out online in like trial and error. But uh, it all started because I was supposed to do it with my buddy. And like I said, he just didn't show up. And it just got to the point where it's like, why not do it? You know, if it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least try. Yeah. And here we are today. His buddy didn't show up. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, just looking at Big Booty O's on Instagram. He's like, come on in here. I want to record something. Well, like that was really during the pandemic, too, like the height of it, because like you couldn't get uh, anybody else in the room with you. Like everybody was so afraid to leave the house. And, you know, then after doing multiple with him, I was like, I can't do this with just him. (laughs) I said, you got to do something. You got to bring me some type of value. Go find some fucking guests. Just send what his whole spiel he gave you. Just go fucking send somebody a message on Instagram. And then that's when we started doing like with people in now, which is, I think it's better when you do it with people. Somebody said like, (laughs) people are funny because some people be like, why do you pick on him so much? But then there are some people that are like, oh, I love it when you fuck with (laughs) Man, I love it. I can't can't, can't get enough. And there's one guy was like, yeah, I like when y'all have guests, but man, just please just do some of just you and him because I love it when you bully him. <laughs> and this I is like a friend of ours. Like, he, he, you know him. Yeah. You know, he's friends with you first. And then yeah, I'm like. Yeah, he, you told me who it was. And I was like, the fuck are you saying? I, I. But like. Hey, Tony, I love it when you mess with him. I love when you pick on him, man. I'm like, well, fuck you. But yeah, I just think that. um I don't know. I just think that like it, it works better for me when there's other people in the room. Did you guys have, have a uh, good feel for who you were talking to? Or has that evolved over the years where it's like, look, this is who's listening to our show. And this is how, like, if we're going to create content, if we're going to have conversations and like, we know our listeners are like this, or this is the show we want to do and we're just going to keep doing it. And if you find it, that's great. And if you don't, that's fine too. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I don't really just cater to just one group of people. Yeah. I don't think. 
like I said, I know for a while it was like us when it was just us. It was just talking about like a lot of, you know, pussy and mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. And that's not for everybody. And then it got to the point where he was finding a lot of weight loss people because like, you know, that's what he's interested in. And so like that became a lot of, but now it's kind of just all over the board. Just a little bit of everybody, which I think that should be everything. Like, I don't think me personally, like, I don't, I don't want to just be like, okay, we only talk to weight loss people. We can talk to, you know, um, motivational people, you know, just whatever. I just, I just like to have a conversation. Well, I think that's part of the reason I'm feeling some of the burnout I am is because like I'm having a lot of the same conversations, but at the same time, it was hard for me when I was, you know, I said, yeah, sure. I'll come on, man. Whatever. Sure. Love love to be a part of it. I started looking at the shows going like, all right, who's been on this thing before? Like I knew John, I knew Crystal. And then I was like, all right, it's a lot of weight loss people. Like, that's not me. Like, I, I don't know what the inside of a gym looks like. I'm good. It's not that. Um, so surely they don't want to talk to me about that. I'm like, okay, I'm also, uh, no, I don't have an OnlyFans, so it's not going to be that. Um, uh, I don't really know what they want to talk to me about. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll just figure it out then. I seem like a nice enough guy, and John and Crystal seem to like him, so we'll figure it out. But I was like, I, I wonder, wonder how they want to talk to me or what, what that process was. So it's there's something admirable to be say like, I don't know, this person interests me. So like, I just figured we have a conversation. We'll see where it goes. I, that, I like having guests that way as well. Like I always say, you never know how much you don't know until you talk to somebody that knows a lot. Mm. Cause then like, as I even talking to people, I'm like, they'll tell me something. I'm like, I didn't fucking know that. You know, like, like even my job, I know how to do my job, but I know how to do it because that's what I've been doing. You know, it's not like, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm an expert at my job, but I know how to do it. But there are some people that are experts in their field. And like when you talk to somebody just knows like ins and outs of everything, you're like, fuck, man, I don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Especially when they drop in like their verbiage from that, you know, it's like, what? Oh, that's what that means? I thought that was just a cartoon drawing or something, you know. Yeah. It's really cool learning that. I love putting myself in spots where I'm just <clears throat> the dumbest guy in the room. Um, and it's all these people that are just, they get it far more than I do. Insurance is something that... um I don't love insurance. Insurance is what pays the bills. I love people though. And insurance yeah. is the vehicle that lets me love people well. Um, and being around um, some of the people in the insurance community just across the country, there's some some really, really unique guys that are willing to just, uh, you know, give whatever they've got. I have people that say, oh, you're struggling with this. This is exactly how I do it, including all of the email scripts that I use, all the templates that I use, the phone calls, the software, everything. You can have it all and just change the logo out and you can do it. Mm. Um, there's a lot of just community of people that are, are willing to do that and willing to help if you find the right groups, right? Um, and, and that's been something that's been encouraging for me, but it's something where I, I found them by being willing to be the dumbest guy in the room. And yeah. I, I love it. Um, it it's something where I, I am so much better because of those conversations with people where I'm like, I can't say a word here. Like if I say anything, it's just going to be dumb. The only, and uh, I feel like you could probably uh, relate to some of this role when you, you say like, I'm just going to make the joke. Right. Because that's really all I've got here. And that's a lot yeah, of times where I find myself with sure. some of those people's like, I'm, I'm good for a laugh, but if you need somebody to like talk strategy with you on this crazy complex thing, give me another couple of years because I'm, I'm just not there yet. Yeah. Like some of the managers were talking, like we were all talking together and I'm just having to sit there and listen because they're talking about shit. That's, you know, the way they're doing stuff, the projections or stuff. Like I understand what they're saying, but my input is not necessary. I'm just going to sit here. And then when they get done talking, I'm going to make some kind of sounds like a plan. Let's go knock it out. Yeah. Give me three months. I got it done, you know, whatever, something dumb, you know, because 
I'm just happened to be around. I'm just, I'm just happened to be when they were around talking about all the stuff. And then like, okay, I'm just going to listen because you know, this is shit that's forecast for next to all of next year and stuff like that. I have nothing to input. Well, but there's some value in being at the table either way. If they're willing yeah, to have exactly. that conversation around you, it's like, you're right. You don't have anything you should say at this point because the conversation not for you, but you being around it at some point you will. Yeah. Um, and, and just like Hamilton, right. Being in, in the room where it happens, that there's some benefit in being where the decisions are being made and where the players are, because eventually you're elevating to where you're going to be a step above somebody else. Oh, that's not there. 100%. I thought it was really cool that I was included in that, even though I didn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know, cause they could have walked to the back to their offices and had a conversation, but they had it in front of me. So I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a clip I saw the other day that is good about this. Let me see if I can find it. I think this is it right here. Oh, here it is. This piece of advice I ever got came when I got my first job in Hollywood. I sat in this meeting with a bunch of important older people, and I remember I spoke up about something. I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I, I just said something. And then afterwards, one of my mentors took me aside and he said, why did you say that? Did you feel like it really needed to be said, or did you just want to have something to say? I was speaking out of ego, really, of speaking out of insecurity. I didn't actually have anything I want to say. So when I heard Cato's advice that he only speaks when he's confident that what he has to say is not better left unsaid, that's the advice that I was getting. And it's this timeless, amazing piece of advice. The idea that you don't just have to talk for the sake of talking. You can keep your mouth shut. You can listen. Two ears, one mouth, as the Stokes say. That's the way to think about it. That's good. Is that the guy with the cards in the background? <laughs> no, from the, the other <laughs> podcast with the guy that needs curtains. Cards? Cars. We heard cars in the back. No. Oh. <laughs> That was a that was like <laughs> being like on TikTok or oh, you know. he didn't even listen to the thing. That's the point. I did listen. What did he say? Don't speak. And you, why are you going to say some dumb shit like that? <laughs> Good point. Sorry, I, I apologize. So what is what was your impression of him from what you heard? Uh, so I remember uh, calling John at some point and, and saying. Hey man, I, I got to ask you to be on the show. And I, I know you've done it before. Um, tell me, these guys good guys? Like, is this somebody walking into something here? And uh, he's like, no, they're great. He's like, uh, he's like, I know Tony. I like him a lot. He said, I've known Raul forever though. Like, like he, he's been my guy forever, ever, ever. Like he's my guy. I said, now which one is he? Is, is, is he the guy that kind of runs the show or like kind of like the lovable fuck up? And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and I know my role. No, okay. Yeah, come on. I just, Tony runs the show. I'm the, I'm the, I just, you know, that's me. I'm the other guy. He's oh, definitely the second one. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, you know, okay, well, he said, but like, it'll be great. Like he said, we had a good time and whatever. So that was kind of what I was saying is like, all right, we'll just see where this conversation goes. But I, I didn't have the full grasp of the catalog of like, this is, this is who we've been. And this yeah. is now we have guests and we'll talk to whoever, um, not whoever, but you know, kind of not dialing it into one specific thing. And, uh, I was open to that, but still was like, kind of like, man, I'm not trying to get it to where like I'm having the same conversation that we did with the OnlyFans girl because like I, I got to sell insurance on Monday, so yeah. like I, I can't uh, yeah wander no into something. No, like there's a lot of our friends that are like that. They'll be like, "Man, I don't know. I I like I like you guys, but I don't know if I want to. I like I don't. I'm not going to talk to you about that if that's not who you are. Yeah, you know, like we can have a conversation. We can talk about some stuff, but like I'm not just going to be like, "Hey, man, how's how's your bed life?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So tell me about your sex life, when, yeah. you know, like yeah. stuff like that. And then 
we have a friend's like, hey man, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, he's always like, I want to come do the podcast. I was like, all right, well, let's, let's do it. We'll, we can do it. Let's do it. Yeah, but you guys to be talking about, you know, from Ron. Yeah, I'm like, dude, we don't talk about that with every guest. Like, it's catered to the guest, not if it's something that you don't want to talk about, we won't even bring it up. Yeah. Like, or whatever. You just tell us you don't want to talk about it. That's it. That's the end of it. So you guys had Crystal on as well, though. Um, and uh, I, I found that whenever I was researching her because she came on my show. Um, and usually by the time I've had you on or like, I'm getting ready to have you on, I, if there's something on the internet about you. I've read it. I've listened to it, whatever it is. I, I dove deep towards like, I, I know what's happening here. And, um, I listened to her interview as I was walking through Kroger or something like, okay, she's, she's willing to have some conversations and go on and get out there. I'm like, okay, I remember that one. Now I know John's conversation where he was, you know, attacking Jared Leto, uh, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> yeah. story. I'm like, yeah. Okay, maybe this is part of the deal. I don't know. And I, just, I didn't have a big enough grasp of all the things. I should have just listened to more, and then that would have better informed. Yeah, because, like, Crystal's was in the very beginning. So that was just kind of free for all. Like, because, I mean, I've known Crystal for a while, but not really know her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, Twitch was, like, last month, or it was, yeah, like, after yeah. we got back in town or something. So his is a little bit more, less of the, the fuckery type shit that we used to do, but... Yeah, like I said, I just th- I just think you know you just have a conversation, see where it goes. Like even like the the porn star chick like we had on here, like it wasn't just all about her porn job, you know. It's like you know you she's a person at the end of the day, sure. So you just got to have a conversation with them. Well, I'm try- I'm trying to sell feet pics over here, man. So what are you talking about? <laughs> I do, right? man. It's so wild that guys <laughs> like that shit, man. It's weird. More power to you, man, if you do. But I have a friend of mine. He's I I talk about it. He's like, hey man, let me show you how I'm making some extra money on the side. He shows me his email, and I see his MLG and W bill, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" I knew he worked for MLG and W. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "No, underneath there, it's like feet finder, feet finder, feet." So he, even him, he like takes pictures of his own feet what? and making money. Yeah, he told me him and his girl make a couple hundred bucks a month just showing pictures of their feet, no nudity or anything. Yeah, I just don't get it, man. I don't understand what's attractive about feet. It's weird to me. Like, I probably wouldn't want somebody that's missing some toes or something like that, but I'm not gonna get off on. Their feet. Low bar to clear for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the person missing like a, a couple toes here and there, probably making kill, probably raking it in. I mean, there's probably a fetish for it. Yeah. There's a fetish for everything, I'm, it seems. We learned a lot on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. That was like, oof. Yeah, we had a guy that, uh, hot wife fucker. Hmm. So he fucks hot wives for a living. That's the term. That's his, <laughs> that's yeah. his job? That, yeah, well, that's, well, that's what he's yeah, that's what he's getting that. towards. Like he's, I think his goal for this time next year is not to have a, his nine to five and do this that? for a living. It's a hell of a job, dude. I, man, I will have uh, like real estate people I know that will have like crazy people from wherever that are DMing them, like trying to like buy feet pictures from people that are not even in that business. <laughs> what? And I'm like. He wants what now? Well, hold on. Let's hear him out. What's the offer? <laughs> like, uh, let's, 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 get, let's, get your, let's get your husband on the phone and like, just see, it's just your feet. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I wonder how people get to that point of having the fetishes that we have. Like, it was something in your child, like you saw your mom's feet or like some commercial or something or, or what? I just wonder what it is that makes us who we are. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were, I think it was yesterday and they were talking about, they, no, it was on Thanksgiving. They were talking about how, like, they were holding their granddaughter and how, like, she's a baby and, like, how she's the sweetest thing ever. But then we have people like Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get to that point? Because she's about to start, like, a uh, true crime podcast. 
And so she's like researching all these different serial killers and all this other stuff. But it is it's weird when you think about like a baby to to a monster. Like what in between happens to, to that person? Well, it, it makes you really uh, once you've got the kids, especially because you start going like, all right, I have this trait, and I wonder where it came from, mm-hmm. or somebody else has this other thing, and it's like what am I doing right now? And what ways are you screwing up your kids to, to say like, look, because of that, they're, you know, not ever going to trust you about this or ne- never have a good relationship with that or whatever the thing may be. Um, and it's, uh, it's scary to think about the weight that you would put on things, just trying to make it through life. Do you ever think about this? Like, you know, you always have like the story of like, Oh, the dad wasn't there and he was, that's why the daughter's this way. But like, do you also have the dads that are too good of dad and then the guy, any guy can't compare with the dad. Mm-hmm. Cause I know, I know a girl and she's like, there'd be no man that's ever going to compare to my father. Mm-hmm. My father's done everything for me. And that's always going to be the bar that she's looking for in a man. And she should have her standards, but like, how do you deal with that? Like what balance do you have? Or are you going to continue to have with your kids? Uh, it's hard. It's a sliding scale, honestly. It's like, all right, I feel like I'm killing it right now. And then it feels like, man, I was a terrible dad this week. And like, mm-hmm. and you, we're all doing our best week to week, but you understand that while you set that standard of this is what I expect of myself, yeah, you're not always going to clear it yeah. as with anything. Um, and it's a, a hard thing to, um, to wrestle with because the failures in those areas mean more mm. than you didn't do this thing at your job. And like, that sucks. But like, Hey man, we'll get it next quarter versus like this is your child that's only five once that's only six once and it's like can you did you do a good job did you not and you know you try the best you can and i do like hadn't screwed up anything that i feel like is like monumental but i know there's still something to where there's going to be some formative trauma to where your child's looking back at you at 20 you're like do you remember when i was six years old and you yelled at the packers game too much for whatever now i'm scared of football games or Uh, what you know it's like Whatever the thing may be. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Man. It's going to be weird raising a human. It is. That is weird. That's got to be the weirdest feeling. Because, you know, like, as from your point of view as a, what's your profession, is that like a, even more of a drive than if you were, say, solo or just married? Yeah. I don't know. Um, the part that's odd for me when I, I think about uh, raising kids are when you see your own bad traits coming back at you. Um, and, and there are times my, my girls could not be more different in a lot of ways. My, my six-year-old, she is my emotional child who cares and loves so big and whatever, but she also like wakes up every morning looking for a reason to cry. You know, mm-hmm. like that's just who she is. And then my three-year-old, like she wakes up looking to give her a reason to cry. She just wants to watch the world burn some days. <laughs> and, uh, and she's fiery. And like, if you're doing something she doesn't like, she'll just like jack you in the throat because like, that's just how she communicates right now. And yeah. she's got some of that age, but, um, it, it's funny because there are times with uh, my oldest where I'm like, you're, you're your mother. You're not like, do we have a lot of the same DNA? Uh, and then at, at the same time, and like, there's no denying, like she's definitely my kid, you know? Yeah. Um, then there are uh, times when I'll be like driving and I'll be like, man, I'm, I'm sad about something for like no reason. What's going on? It's like, oh, wait a second. I'm like, no, that's definitely my child. Like for this other reason. And, and you start seeing it other way around when they'll cop an attitude about something like that's 100% me about whatever. <laughs> that smart aleck response that like it's going to make me laugh and I can't be mad at you now because I'm trying not to laugh. And it's like that's yeah. I, I used to pull that bit. So I get it. Mm. I still pull that bit. You know, it's it's. uh <laughs> That's hard, uh, but it's it's fun, and it's one of the rewarding things that also is like, man, I can't even be mad about this. Are you yeah. kidding me? Man. 
Yeah, that's got to be a trippy thing, man. Like having a human that's a little version of you in some form or fashion. And then, like you said, like some of the shit that may annoy you about yourself, that they have that. And you're just <laughs> like, like, fuck you, man. Because I know, like, even not like even a kid, like there's stuff that like when I was growing up, like I hated that my dad would say. Mm. But then I catch myself saying it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm my dad. Yeah. So it's like it, it is like just some things are just, you know, ingrained in you over time of being around people long enough. It becomes a part of your character traits. I had a weird thing that happened to me. So I, I, um, I said recently divorced, moved out this summer and, uh, got to get like art on the walls, the new place. Right. It's yeah. the first time I've been doing that. And, uh, I, I started going around like buying art. It took me a few months to like get motivated to start doing it. I'm like, all right, let me get a piece for here. I got something over the bed. And I was walking at Cooper Young Festival going down and I realized I was drawn to certain types of art. Mm. Um, and my dad was an artist as well. And it was a lot of the stuff that he painted and like he, it's something I didn't even realize it until like I had something that I had already paid for and whatever. And it's like, that's an odd thing to realize that like, Oh, it's a lot of stuff that looks like stuff he used to do. Yeah. It's odd that you don't know where that thing came from. That's like a draw. And like, is it a genetic thing? Is it not? I, I don't know, but it was an odd thing that I didn't piece together until after I'd already spent a few hundred bucks on it. So <laughs> now is that something like that is foreign to you as far as the decorating part? Oh, for sure. So, um, definitely something that is abnormal for me. And, uh, I I have these conversations in real estate a lot of times because um, it was never something I had to do. It was just yeah. something that, that was just always kind of done. I, I got married when I was real young. Um, I was 23. She was 22. So oh, I mean, wow. we, we, were, we were babies. Our brains aren't fully formed yet. Um, but that was something that was just kind of always done. And I just kind of, whatever, it's, you say it looks good, then I'm fine with it. I don't care. I'm just here to sleep and whatever, go about my life. Um, but now having a space that is my own and wholly my own, like it, it's an odd thing for me to kind of wrestle with, like, how do you kind of curate a space that like have opinions and what are the things that you know need to be here, but you don't have any opinions and that's okay. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about curtains. So like, just get something so that the neighbors can't see you naked and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but like, that was something that, that we went back and forth on a therapy. Like, uh, the therapist like, don't, don't let some girl like come in and like, pick the curtains for you and just you've created the same problem all over again yeah. because you didn't take the time to find. And, uh, I, I was very intentional about that for a while. And then there were some things where I realized, no, I just genuinely don't care about curtains. Just like somebody tell me what I need to get and I'm done with it. I don't, I don't care about the, you know, pillows matching the whatever thing. Just like, let's get through it. I know it needs to be there. So let's just figure that piece out and, and make it work. And then other things, no, I realized having this piece of bed uh, art over my bed, like that, that matters to me. It, that changes the way that I think about this space and, and the way I feel comfort in this room. And it's funny to kind of see those things evolving as an adult mm-hmm. where it's like, I am cognitively aware of these things happening and still like seeing it live time play out in my life. It's, it's a unique thing to wrestle with for sure. Now, did you ever have that mentality where you would just be content with like a chair and a TV on the ground? <laughs> I definitely could be for yeah. sure. Like just, I, I need function. Mm-hmm. I need it to do the things that I need to do. And then aside from that, like I'm whatever, not incredibly aesthetically driven, like a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I, I do all these things in real estate, whether it's the best of stuff or whatever. I'm, I'm at events in, in homes that are for sale that are really nice homes. And, uh, I don't care about real estate a whole lot, right? Like real estate is, is a part of work and it's the people that I care about. So people ask me like, man, you're in a $3 million house in East Memphis. Like how was the house? I'm like, I didn't really look at it. Like I went to the kitchen because that's where the people were. And then mm. I, I don't really care about the rest of it. And it's such a trendy thing for people to, you know, be drawn to real estate and architecture and some of these other things to where it's very popular right now. 
and it's just not a big passion of mine. Yeah. So it's unique whenever I'm, I'm in those situations. Cause like, I mean, I, I could fake it. I know well enough how to, you know, kind of say the right mm-hmm. words and get through the conversations if I don't really want to engage. But, um, it's not something where I just find myself naturally, like, you know, on Instagram, looking at houses and doing all these things. I'm not, not that way. Yeah. So what are some of your passions? I mean, so much of it is people driven. Even when I like go to like the things that like I'm interested in, it's because there's like people in community. Like I, I've got a big bourbon collection, right? I, I love bourbon. It's something I saw you had some uh, Weller uh, that you had acquired uh, recently, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, the Weller was from my friend Brad and I was just getting him bottles that he wanted. Yeah. But I do have some. Yeah. So Weller 12 is my favorite bourbon that I've ever had, right? I had a dog named Weller at one point. So, um, oh, damn. but I, I love, uh, bourbon, not just because like, I like the taste of it, but I like community that comes with that. Right. Mm. Um, that it's made to be drank with people and, and have those conversations. I, I really enjoy that piece of it. There's, I've got some nice bourbons at my house, but like anybody that comes over that I'm inviting you into my home to have a drink, like pour whatever you'd like. It's not like, don't drink that. It's too expensive. It's too whatever. It's like, this is meant to be consumed. This is meant to be enjoyed with people. So like whatever you need, it's fine. Like we're here to enjoy this. So that's a lot of those times when I look at passions, it's all about people. I've definitely got some workaholic tendencies. I know I work too much and I have all kinds of things, but I find ways to make a lot of the work things I do fun and enjoyable to where there's a party, there's a thing, there's whatever it may be. So that that can a lot of times be social and work at the same time. So do you like to host a lot of people? I I like to be the host. I don't like to have to prep the space for it again, because again, not aesthetically driven. Some of those other Mm -hmm. things. I have a very clear vision of what I want. Um, I like to be the host to, to welcome everybody in there. The one that's running the game night, that's explaining the rules and whoever that thing is on a big scale or a small scale. But, um, I, I don't like to have to like have the space and whatnot for it. Yeah. Do you happen to have a bottle of Weller orange by any chance? I don't the single barrel and I don't have the CYPB. Those are the two that I don't have the white and the orange. Yeah. I need, I need, I'm getting the white Yeah, and, um, waiting on orange. They didn't make it this year. Apparently. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find. They've only made it two years, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's, that whole culture is weird. I, I am, there's some guys that are OGs that have been in it for decades. I'm four years into like enjoying bourbon and like really liking nice things with it. And it's just so crazy to wear a bottle that I would buy last year for 50 bucks is now $110 because really, so <clears throat> our buddy Randy uh, went to Kentucky. I think it was somewhere mm-hmm. like that. And the liquor store he went to, they had black on twelve year on the sh- on for sale, and I know he. I posted a picture of the twelve year, right? And he saw what I posted, and on my and in the comments, he posted the picture where it was they were selling it for three hundred ninety nine dollars. Okay, he said it was three thirty nine the first day he went in there, and when he made it back the next day, it was three ninety nine. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, so I got some black, but that black was actually for him. Mm. and um, I ended up selling it to him because he was like, hey, can you really get this? I'm like, yes, and I got it, and I was like, well, my mom needs a cabinet, some screws put in a cabinet or something. It keeps on fucking up. Do that, and I'll give you the bottle for 100 bucks. He was like, done. My mom said he was at the house for like 15, maybe 12 minutes, nine minutes talking to her, saying hi, and yeah. three minutes put a couple of screws in there and fix it. Yeah. But I didn't care how long it took him. I just wanted my mom to have a cabinet fixed. And then I got him that, and then I ended up getting another buddy of his a bottle, but I charged him 150 yeah. Knowing damn well all day long I could have gotten $300 for each of those bottles. Yeah. The, the resale market on it is something where it's like, for me, 
again, it's it's to be drank, it's to be consumed. It's, exactly. It's, all these guys are out here just driving the price up. It's like I, I I'm not here to sell it. I'm, I'm here to drink it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like I may not rush through it. I, I won a raffle and got a bottle of Pappy Twenty Year that I, I paid three hundred, three hundred fifty bucks for something like that. But it was on resale market that same day for like twenty five hundred. 3,000, you know, and it's like, if I was just trying to make money off of it, then like I could go do that. But it's like, no, I got this because like I wanted to drink it. I wanted yeah. to enjoy it. I want to know what it's like. And, you know, one of my buddies is getting it. So he's, he's, they're getting 10 bottles of Pappy. I forget what year he said he was. And he said that if they have one left at, at the end, he has to go to his top 10 buyers first, he said. And if there's one left, he'll offer it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'll probably sell it, but all right. Yeah. He's like, all right, that's, that's fine. But you have to pay retail. I'm not giving you a discount on it. And I'm like, retail's great for that. Like, yeah, yeah I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how I've been getting the bottles. I got this guy that's been giving me at cost yeah. pretty much. And, um, I was like, hell yeah, this works out for me. Absolutely. The other thing I, so I, I've got uh, an addictive personality with certain things. Like I'll get into something. And I'm like, I'm fully into it for a second. That's uh, how I am. Yeah. So I owned uh, zero watches like three months ago and now I have like 10, like something where it's like, Oh, and like, I don't have Rolexes or anything like that, but it's something where it's like, Oh, this one was 200 bucks and like, it looks cool. And it's, I don't have a green one. So let me, you know, whatever. And you're off and running kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always that way to where I, I find this new thing. And I'm, so I have all these books. Yeah. I found one book. I had to have the whole complete set. Like got two sets of them. <laughs> and I have the 3d, I have the even bigger ones in the living room. It's just like, I got into fishing and I got into guns. I just have to have, like the colors, like you mentioned, this yeah, is we, how we, I am we went from one gun to like four guns. Now. There's we no got, we. We got, got a, a we, we got an AR-15. We got a couple mm-hmm. other things, a shotgun. We got like a, like a thing that you put in your hand. Poop, 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 does that. Mm-hmm. Sounds, sounds like yeah. we know a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. We got we got a couple of fishing lures around here. You got, we got books around here. It's great. It's no, great. I definitely can relate to you on that, man. I obsess over shit. I don't know why I'm, I'm that way. Luckily, it's not that way with drugs or alcohol, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, but there's some things, man, that I just fixate on, man. Like, I just have to have it. And then, like, like these things, like, I, I, I just um, obsess over shit, man. Do you uh, do you look back at things that you were obsessed about five years ago and go like, man, I got all this shit now that like I don't I remember I got into disc golf for a minute uh, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, and it's a fairly inexpensive hobby to get mm-hmm. in. It's Frisbees, right? And it's like not that big of a deal. So my obsession, you know, cost me 400 bucks over the course. So it's like, hey, hey we're doing okay here. Yeah. Right? But uh, I remember like fully diving in. And now it's got like crap like laying in the corner of the garage going like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was into that for a while. Yeah, it's like the fishing. I haven't been fishing since like 2017. I don't think that's really? the last time I went. But like there was a point where I was going like every day mm-hmm. when I first got into it. Because I liked it as a kid. What actually started, my friend was, I think she asked me, where are my hobbies? I was like, I don't fucking have any hobbies. I had that moment. And like, it's, it's uh, kind of like embarrassing where you're like, what am I passionate about? Yeah. And like, I like a moment of crisis where I'm like, I don't care about anything in life. I don't yeah. know what to do here. It's like, this is not good. And that's, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. That's how it hit me, man. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get in something. And now, like I said, it's just, I think now I always have to have something that I'm into. I don't want to go back to that point where I'm just like. I don't have anything to look forward to. Outside well, you're a of podcaster. Work. That's your. I mean, it's a it's a job. It's full. I mean, it's definitely work, but it's going to be. No, I'm just saying. I always have something now that something I something new. Look, yeah, like oh, okay. I'm looking forward to learning, or because like now my whole thing is I'm trying to learn Spanish. So after we went to Colombia, I realized how hard it is to communicate with anybody in a you know another place. Because I I learned that first in Barcelona. I, well, not Barcelona, more so Madrid. That was my first international trip. 
And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go to Tim Hortons. I know it's kind of like a fucking uh, Starbucks, I guess, up in mm-hmm. Canada. I was like, they're going to know how to speak English here. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I'm like pointing at the menu. And then they gave me the wrong order because it's me. You know, I don't know what I'm ordering. So like that to me is like, if you're going to go immerse yourself in somewhere or go somewhere, you should at least try to get by. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And us learning Spanish is going to be great for us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this, guy, this guy, that's what I'm saying. Like you joke about it, but you do need to have your own shit. Well, I'm not, I don't know how to speak Spanish. How do you learn? Like I'm learning, man. There's an app. I got you. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> be. A, I'm not gonna be around forever. Um, yeah, you will. take that how you want to take it. You will be. The uh, learning Spanish is something where it's like there are so many doors that open for you professionally that are, are not that way. I um I had a kid on my podcast that I interviewed last week, um, and I've had another one too. Like she's one of the top twenty Latino realtors in the nation oh wow right here in memphis and she's not i don't think she's 30 years old yet i think she's like 28 29 and she just absolutely kills it because there's some level of like there are people that are in that community that want to be able to buy a house and want to have somebody that not only speaks their language but like understands their culture and Mm -hmm. some of the things that go with that and getting approved for a loan and the things that you can qualify for with this type of visa versus this type of papers and all the things with that like she's got that unlock yeah and because that she's killing it right just absolutely killing it and working with investors and all sorts of things. I wouldn't love it if I had somebody in my office that spoke Spanish because she's told me, she's like, I'd send you all of my clients if I could, but you don't speak the language, man. Mm. Like I, I can't send you anybody because you don't speak hardly any Spanish, man. So you're out. And, and there's so many businesses that are that way. Like, man, if I had somebody that spoke the language, then we'd be off and running. Yeah. It's crazy that more of us don't just go run a, you know, learn the language instead. We just complain about it on podcasts like I do. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a tricky language too. Cause I know our language is, is tricky for them. People learning it, but like yourself, like it's like coat red. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck is this shit, man? It's a red coat, not coat red, but mm-hmm. that's how they speak. Rojo, Rojo, Jacate. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, so many of those words too, that don't uh, translate. Like I, I had um, this Cuban girl I'd gone on some dates with and she, uh, she would say, you know what, there's not really a word for English for this, so I'm just going to use the Spanish here because it, mm. it, it captures what I mean. Yeah. I was talking about my, my kids being sick. She's very, uh, she's very ñoñita. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. She's like, I don't know how to explain it to you either. It's just kind of like a sick and whiny and like wants to snuggle. Mm. And I was like, she's like, there's not an English word for this. So <laughs> let me, um, there's some of those things that kind of open your eyes to some things once you start yeah. spreading it out. And like, I'm, I think I can read it better than I can hear it. Oh, it's too fast. When yeah, because I'm like listening to them, like what? And then when I get the raw, the word wrong on one of my lessons, and I'm like, oh, I know the word once I see it, but like hearing it. But like my buddy uh, Mark, he told me like it's don't give up because it's like it's harder when you're an adult than like a kid learning, like as you know, you're so conditioned to the way you know how to learn. So it's just going to take me a little bit of time, but it's being consistent. I do it like I have this thing like. Every single, it just popped up on my phone earlier. Like Duolingo says you got 93 days. Do you want to break your streak? Like they're basically challenging me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking quit my streak, man. I, I, you know, as long as I'm breathing, I can fucking spend three minutes a day or whatever it is to learn this, this language. But like I said, it's all about being consistent. That's a lot of things in life. Though. Like when I was talking to Ben earlier, he's a big fitness guy. And he's like a lot of people just. You know, we'll start something for a little bit and then they'll they'll get off it after three to six months. And he's like, no, you just have to keep doing it. It's a daily thing. I mean, as long as you're living, just 
incorporate into your lifestyle. Don't say it's a diet or it's a, something you have to do. It's just something that you do as a part of your normal routine. What? So looking at my podcast, it's the same thing. I had a guy that he runs probably the biggest insurance podcast in America um, that he basically said, like, if you're going to do it, like, you got to do 50 episodes. Yeah. You don't get to do 12 like you did the last time. Like, it didn't have time. Like you just have to do it. You, okay. 50, then you can decide if it works for you, if it didn't, mm-hmm. but you don't know before then. Right. Yeah. So same thing with, with anything, right. It's just a matter of like, you've got to do a lot of it for a long time to eventually see like, can you not really learn Spanish or is it something where you just didn't give enough time? Yeah. Yeah. So how much do you think you've learned? Like quite a, like a decent amount. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I could get by probably like, so I can read it better than I can speak or hear it. Like if I were to see the words, I could pick it up faster. Than oh, okay. Hearing. Like you said, they do speak really mm-hmm. fast, and they roll mm-hmm. the way they roll. Because like there's, because they'll do, uh, they'll have two words that sound kind of like, and you have to de- decipher the two. And sometimes I can't pick it up, but then like when I'll see it, I'm like okay, I understand what that is. But like I said, it's just something I'm. It's just part of my life now. It's something that I'm. I'm dedicating. That's my new goal. Like, I'm not going to quit on this. This is something I want to do. Like I've gone 90 something days. I can continue. I can do it for you. I can just, you know, keep going on. Like just don't give up. And that's like I said, it's, it's easy to quit. Mm-hmm. Like when things get hard or difficult, but it's like, why, 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 why waste all those 90 days to quit now? Yeah. The uh, conversation about learning it better when it's written, if you were in a place where you were immersed in it, you mm-hmm. know, and you just had it around you all the time. How yeah. different would that be? I, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I bet that would be so beneficial. So the, the guy that I interviewed last week on my podcast, he moved here from Mexico when he was seven years old, didn't know a word of English, got enrolled at White Station Elementary or something <laughs> like, uh, like, hey, he's off running. He said he learned the whole language in two months as a seven-year-old. Wow. Because he's off and running. He, he was the 11-year-old that as his parents were buying a house, he was like translating the term because his parents didn't speak a lick of English mm-hmm. either. And so he's that 11-year-old that's going back and forth. And it's like, all right, dad, I know you're saying this, but I'm not going to say this to this other grown man. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a child. I can't. Um, and it's just so funny to, to see how, how quickly you can learn things when like, you don't have any other choice but to learn how to communicate, man. Yeah. It's like sink or swim. Yeah, I know my friend Cynthia. She said they have a thing on. There's like a Spanish version of TikTok you can use. So I might start doing that. And like even like maybe if I'm watching a show, I'll watch it in Spanish instead of listening to English. Or like because like I said, maybe the immersion will help out more than Ooh, just. And you the, could just have like the subtitles in English. Maybe. No, uh, no. Th- well, no, I think going the other way around. Honestly, throwing Spanish subtitles on English stuff that you can hear mm. since you read it better anyway, right? Yeah. To kind of understanding what's happening now, it may just all still be too fast at that point to try to figure it out. But. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll definitely try that because, like I said, the reading part for for some reason I can pick it up a lot faster than listening to it. But like I said, once you said that they do speak a lot faster than most people mm-hmm. or most English speaking people, I should say. So I want to learn how to play the piano. That's something that I have talked about for a long time and just never fully committed to it. Never even attempted. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and get the stuff and get signed up. Yeah. For something. Like, but that's one of those things that's on my list. At some point you just, you've been somewhere where your buddy who knows how to do it sits down at the piano and the whole room is there because this guy's just like killing it <laughs> over there. And I'm like, I, I want that. I, I want to have that ability to be able to do that. Cause that'd be just, a good date night thing too. Oh, just like, Hey, <laughs> s- slow flex where you just, Oh, Hey, let me just drop over here. And it's like game over at the keys. Uh, that's oh, the man. skills I have. Don't translate that way. It's like, Hey, you want me to you me do a podcast for you here on the spot? No, that didn't work. Did it? Well, let me talk about insurance. Never mind. We're done. Oh man. 
Is that like a new thing for you now? Is it getting back on the scene? Yeah, it's it's a whole world, man. It's just not. Any, I mean, I was a child. My, my wife, we started dating. I was sixteen. She was fifteen. Right? Oh wow! So that, that's a it's a whole new world. That I don't know how you guys have lived out here in this this space, man. It's it's not. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's not something I hope lasts for long. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just I don't know, man. Like it just seems like it's a. It's more of a hookup culture. It seems these days and people actually wanted to be with somebody or I don't know, maybe it's just that people just don't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Cause like a lot of the apps that I've been on, like, especially like Bumble women have to message you first, even though they match with you that some type of attraction, like something about your profile, like you'll ask them a question and it just dies off or they don't really know how to talk. It's just, I don't know. It's very weird, but like, I think a lot of women don't like that aspect of Bumble because they're used to, they want a guy to be the the one controlling everything. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I think maybe the best way to meet people is probably through a friend or in person. Sure. Like I think the app is cool, but you really don't get to know the person that way mm-hmm. until you meet them in person. And like maybe if you meet them in person, you it's or maybe if you would have met the person you didn't swipe on in person, you probably would have swiped on them because their personality was something that draws you to them than maybe just a picture. Mm-hmm. But Wait. yeah, the dating world is fucked up, man. Now there's you some to... fucked up people in this world. The, no, I'm interested. That you got like thoughts going over there, Ro. Well, I'm I'm curious. Oh what, no, uh, I was thinking I you should maybe get on Hinge or something. Yeah, that the whole uh, I don't know. That just the best is what Tony said. Yeah, out in person and you know meeting people like that. I think maybe like I said, if somebody can introduce you to somebody, that might be the best thing. In twenty twenty two though, it's like it's almost weird to like like wait, you met a person like in real life. You, <laughs> you talked to a stranger at the grocery store? Get out of here, you freak. Yeah. Like uh Yeah. It's fine. But yeah, that's uh I don't know, the dating thing is just odd, man. But I guess I would imagine it'd be really weird like being with somebody for that our buddy, he uh recently got remarried, but he just he was he got divorced like maybe two years ago. And he didn't want to get divorced, but like his whole thing was like, he just always just loved love. Like mm-hmm. he loved being with somebody. And so like the way that the culture is now, it just was foreign to him. And he's like, I don't, man, I don't want to keep doing this. Like we'd go out and he's like, I don't like this, man. I don't like the, being at this bar. I just want to, I just want to chill, man. I just want to go home and be with somebody. So he did finally find somebody that, you know, that fit that mold, but he didn't meet them online. He met them through, I think he met her through a friend. It's kind of like they're vetting you. Yeah. Or, you know, they're they're vouching for this person for you. So they're kind of taking some of the legwork out. But then on the flip side, if they're a shitty person, you're like, man, fuck you. You said you have this piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Why do you like her? She's awful. Like, yeah. It's not, that, and that's the part that's um, odd. It's just like the doing life together piece. It's yeah. not like, oh, it's it's got to be this crazy attraction. It's got to be. It's like, man, this house is real quiet today. It's mm. like, man, I just want to like know that you get off work and there's uh american idol and take out chinese and like that's the thing you know as opposed to um well it's quiet again it's tuesday <laughs> you know your kids today so it's quiet so it's a, it's a hard deal but yeah it's do you see yourself getting married again or are you just gonna yeah. just see how it how no, it plays I, out i mean you, nobody's promised anything right so who yeah. knows but uh I, i'm not against it there mm. are some people that, that get out of it and they're like i'm i'm done with it never again never again well, and that that's not me yeah um, i'm not someone that's just cynical about it in general um, but it is, uh, an odd thing to go like, all right, how do you get to that point? And, and knowing the steps that are going to fall in there. Cause I, I'm one that 
when I, I first got divorced, like a lot of my friends were like, all right, don't, don't go fall in love tomorrow. Like, cause like that's, that's the way I'm wired. Yeah. It's just like, all right, you're just going to compound more problems and make more things. So that was, that was me uh, right off the bat. And, uh, you know, we, we've made it past that stage at this point, but still it's, I know how I'm wired in a way to where it's just, it's, it's easier to have those rhythms of life with people. So you, you are a relationship type person. Would yeah, you for say? sure. For sure. Mm. Cause I, I, it's foreign to me to imagine the other side. Like I, I understand there are people that can just like drop in and out and they're just so locked in in themselves to where like content with their life that they've built on their own, not that yeah. they're selfish, but that they just, they like what they like. Um, and for me it is, uh, something where it's like, no, I, I desire to have whatever that is, that rhythm of life with someone. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, they realize they don't want to be alone. Like people mm-hmm. need other people. And I think people are generally happier when they have somebody to come home to. Yeah. Like somebody that is, you know, that compliments them or, you know, that they can talk to shit about. Like you can't always just go to your friends for a lot of things, but if you have like a companion, you know, a spouse or whatever, I think that is beneficial to a lot of people's like just mental health and well-being. Well, I think at the same time, though, in the pandemic, you had a lot of people got divorced in the stretch because they realized, <laughs> like, I'm trapped in the house with this person that like, really don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was able to avoid. Uh, and now here I am having to deal with it. Right. Like there, I've, I've had a handful of friends that have said that. And it's it's a different deal. So, yeah. I don't know. Just picking a human to be with is a weird a weird thing. It's a hundred percent weird. Nope. We're going to do everything together now for the rest of ever. I understand <laughs> you have other things and a whole different thought process, but like now we're doing this together. Change your name. Um, like this. <laughs> uh, do you like it where you have your own lives, but you're still a couple? I, so I don't know the answer to that, honestly. So that was what a lot of my marriage was, was, you know, so much separation from it. And then at the end it was uh, like, hold on, we don't even do anything together anymore. I got like, you. so that's an odd thing, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's good, bad or indifferent. Right? Like I, I, I know that's how it went for me at least that time. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that I desire going forward. Like, no, no, we just need space or whatever. Mm. I, I don't know. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be odd, man. Like not to have anything outside of each other, but then you don't want them doing completely everything without you. Cause then you're probably like, well, why did they invite me to do shit? Yeah. Like I was talking to my friend the other day and she's like, yeah, my husband never uh, invites me to do stuff, but always tells people I don't want to go out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. That's you. sad. Well, you have those people that have their whole lives where it's like he travels all the time for work and then he duck hunts and then he does this and he does. And it's like, do you guys ever hang out? Like, yeah. whatever. It's like, well, I don't know from, uh, well, he's usually home by 30 and then, you know, we go to bed by 10. So it's like, <laughs> it's like. Five hours a month? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Man, that is so wild. Yeah, I don't know. Do you see yourself ever final or... That's a hard question. (laughs) Do you see yourself being with somebody? I'm a lot to put up with. Oh, no shit. (laughs) I would like to end up with somebody, yeah, for sure. And what steps do you think you have to change to get to that point? Listen more... Listen more to what they have to say without speaking about what they have to say. Since some themes in your life, my friend. Um, this is not just dating. It's pretty much your podcast. <laughs> Are you guys dating? Is that what we're figuring out right now? No, I need to listen more than speak a lot, you know, because usually usually I'm speaking to talk. I mean, listening to talk. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Is that make? What? Yeah. You're yeah. only listening so you can say something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I need to absorb what is being said. 
I'm working on that. Yeah. That's the have you? I have. What does that look like? What does working on it look like? Um, only talk, like only have something to say. It's listen to what they have to say. And then no, you're just saying the same thing. You're not answering his question. You're just trying to regurgitate what you already said. You're bullshitting. No, I'm not. You did say a lot of the same words a second time. (laughs) (laughs) You, what are your action steps to do this? That's the thing. You have to have an action. You can't just give words. There's a difference between a plan and just talking. And you oh, do a I'm, lot of talking. I'm listening more attentively. That's one of my steps instead of just listening to talk. Well, I, I think that doesn't make any sense. Really. You could be more okay with silence and actually take time to process something. You, I find this in my own life, right? And I can imagine you as well. Like yeah. that, that dead space of like, okay, someone stopped talking. I need to go ahead and fill that space quickly. Yeah, exactly. As, as opposed to, wait, Roll said this thing. And I'm going to sit here and think about what he said. And I may not have anything to say afterwards. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Or, you know, we'll figure it out one way or another. I feel like I always have to have something to say when somebody is talking to me instead of just absorbing it mm-hmm. because of that, what you just said. Well, but like, it's irrational. Like, if you just said, like, it's crazy to think that you would have something thoughtful to say about anything someone may say to you. That's crazy to think because he's got a whole different life and experiences and all these things. Why would I ha- always have something thoughtful to say? I shouldn't because no one's brain is that big, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we operate sometimes in a way to where we're just like, no, no, no. He said something. I got to find something to say, right? I can't just let it be quiet. Like, yeah, a lot of people are uncomfortable with quiet. They're no. like, oh man, I gotta say something. I'm terrible at it. Like no, because sometimes people it, don't. Oh, sorry. Some people don't want you to say anything when they unload on you. They just want you to be there. Because sometimes you can be like, oh, like, oh, I understand. No, you don't. You don't understand what that person's dealing with. Sometimes they just want you to just listen. You know, and it's not easy. Like I said, I think it's just something that we always have to constantly work on. It's case by case. You know, one thing works for one person may not work for the other. And there's, I don't know, I think like even just, I think more people you talk to, the better you can start communicating with people. I, th- I think the more different people you talk yeah. to as well. Um, you're talking to the same type of people. It's like, oh, these are all your same bros. And it's like, okay, well, you, you've got to. Your depth is not going to be very much there. Yeah, you may be you, good at talking to them, but you get in the echo chamber then, and then that's not good. So to answer, ask my question again. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> How are you going to find a woman? Because like you even heard what Twitch said. Did you listen to Twitch's episode? I did. And what Sarah said about you? What steps are you making to change that? What did Sarah say about me? You're very immature. I'm working on it. I don't have any steps I can say out right now, but I'm working on it. How are you working on it? There's no <laughs> steps. I'm just working on it. What does that mean? <laughs> just working on it. So you're not doing anything? No. So you're never going to change? I didn't say that. You just said it without saying it, though. What, so you decided you're working on it. What are you doing differently? Nothing. Is there anything? Are you, are you reading different books? Are you consuming different materials? Having different dates? Uh, working out more? Drinking less? Whatever the thing Drinking is. less. Okay. But then you're going to go back after your 30 days. I never said I'm quitting drinking. That's what I just said. I you're going to go back after your 30 days. I just days. said I'm taking a break. But the point is, you're going to I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. Let's go back. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Then leave. I just don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about something else. This is what we're talking about. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Well, then you can leave. Why can't we just go back on topic? This is the topic. This is what we've been talking about. 
We were talking about you try to find a woman. Have you been close before? Yeah, but I always fuck it up by talking. Then maybe you should look at your patterns and change your patterns. True. But like I said, we have this conversation all the time, but nothing changes. I mean, that's what I'm pointing out. Like, at what point are you going to realize that maybe you are the issue that's holding you back? Oh, I know that 100%. But you're not willing to do the work to change it. So you don't care that much. With any change, they talk about the the pain of doing nothing has to hurt more than the pain of doing something. Mm. Right? You got to get to a point to where if you continue to do nothing, it hurts. Yeah. Versus right now doing whatever different the thing may be, right? Not, not, to read the book, to to not talk, to do whatever the thing is right now, it only hurts so bad, right, when, when you screw it up. But whenever doing nothing and not changing hurts more, that's when change happens. That's when things get different. And you may just not be at the point to where it hurts different. Yeah, because I think like, uh, I think a lot of people coddle Raul. And I think a lot of people, like when I say, they're like, well, Oh man, you're stop being so hard on him. You know, he's, he, I'm like, no, he's 42, man. Like there's gotta be a point where if you want to be around people, you want the best for them. I would imagine. Like, I think if you have friends that just let you and pacify you all the time, I don't think they truly care about you because I think sometimes people don't want to say something because maybe that might be a reflection of something that they're not doing. And so like that, if they, if you start elevating yourself, they're like, Oh fuck, I'm still down here. Why are they trying to do better? But I don't know, man. I just I, I personally think that everybody around me, I want the best for them. And if you're constantly doing the same thing and not growing, I don't I don't understand that as a man. Like why? Or just not even as a man, just as a person. Like, why are you OK with that? And like I said, we've had this conversation over and it, it may be pessimistic, but I don't think anything's going to change from just this conversation right now because nothing's changing the amount of years we've known each other. So you guys are both, you know, a couple hours into my life. I didn't know either of you before today. Yeah. Would you look back 10 years and say that you you are a different person than you were 10 years ago? I am. The sure. most definitely, yes. On some things, yeah. What? Okay. Um, giving, being compa- more compassionate. That's great. Those are uh, good things to grow in. But like fuck, fuckery and stuff is probably the same. But as far as the giving and stuff, would you be doing that if I would not have came into your life? To the level I'm doing it? No, probably not. So the why I don't care about though, right? I care that you care about the end result, right? No, but I'm saying like, is it really something you want to do or is it because I have to push you to do it? No, I do it. But what you were supposed to do stuff for the charity that when I would, you would message Mark and I, all you would do is send you a bunch of messages and then nothing would get done until I pushed you to say it needs to get fucking done. So it's like, do you really want to do it or are you doing it to appease me? I really do. I really am doing it and I want to do it myself. But like, why did I have to push you to get stuff done? That's the question. Because if you wanted to do it, you would do it on your own. Just like if you want to do that podcast, the podcast would be going. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like I said, I don't want to like come off like this, but it's just at, at a certain point, it's. You have to want it for yourself. I can't want it more for him than he wants it for himself. Yeah. At some point you just, you invest differently. Yeah. Cause like, even like our friendship has completely changed since like 2020. Like I don't even talk to him as nearly as much as I used to. 
because I just I just don't want to get irritated over somebody that says they want to change, but I can see that they don't want to change. And like a lot of stuff, like he would just do stuff to intentionally annoy me. I'm like, why, man? Like, like, what is that? Like, do you need attention that bad? Like you're willing to get attention either it's good or bad. I don't know. Is this where you learn silence? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just absorbing. But I don't know. But yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know. I just, I personally just want the best for him. But there is a certain point where he's got to want it for himself, and it doesn't seem right now that he wants to want it for himself. Just from my POV, I could be wrong. He's new in my life, so. <laughs> Tells me he wants to change. I just believe him because he hadn't shown me otherwise. Things ain't. <laughs> but like, there was like one episode where he told this one guy that he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to start working out and all this sort of shit. And I was like, Corey, do you really believe him? Corey's like, yeah. And this was probably back like in July. Corey. Corey. Donovan, is that his name? Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. I drew a blank. I was like, Corey, Corey. Have you done what you told Corey you were going to do? No, no, I didn't. You, so, so I, I listened to to John's episode. You were going to open a Domino's or something, right? Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Big difference. Big difference. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, w- I, w- I would like to do that. But what did you tell me when I asked you about the numbers? You told me you didn't even look into it. I haven't even looked. Yeah, true. And I still haven't looked into but it. But on John's episode, you said that you had been looking into this information. I'm looking into opening one up, talking about it. Like, I haven't physically, like, Googled Little Caesars uh Franchisee, or but you can Google big booty hoes <laughs> on Instagram endlessly. By the way, it's, 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 yeah, it's grown a lot in that area. By the way, <laughs> like I said, I mean, I think the thing is, like, especially when there's hours of you talking and people can go back and there's a record of it. That's the worst, man. Don't ever get recorded talking. It's the worst. <laughs> people use your own words against yeah. you. Don't do that. Yeah, but I mean, it's like. That's what I'm saying. Like, at what point do you end up like the boy who cried wolf? Because you're always saying you want to change. You're all you're doing this stuff, but we can see you. No, you're right. I don't don't have anything to say. Maybe. And I even say, like, I'll say something. He's like, you're not a fucking therapist. I didn't say I was a therapist, man, but I've aroused you enough to see this shit, what's going on. I said that. And then maybe you should go see a therapist. I call him Black Dr. Phil sometimes. Well, I used to. Like, what are you, Dr. Phil? You want a Black Dr. Phil or something? But everything he says makes it's true, though. It is, it is, it is factual. But like he said, like Dane said, maybe the hurt is not enough. Like you haven't reached that point. I don't know. Like I said, you got a couple of years to your 46. Maybe that's when it'll click. I don't fucking know, man. But there's got to be a point where you don't want to be the joke. Like, yeah, like even I'll see you post stuff on, on Facebook and Instagram. I was like, why do you always want people to laugh at you? What did I post? Like, you just post just, just or you'll make comments about how, like, I don't know. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there'll be stuff that you, it's just like. Uh, oh, I do know what you're talking about. Oh, like that. It's self-deprecating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about, like, when I posted. I mean, there's plenty of. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of them, man. 
Like, cause like for some reason you're the first thing I see when I log into my Facebook and I don't ever scroll mm-hmm. past that one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm good on this one. But like I said, I just think that we always talk about time. We've had, this is another thing too, Dane, since we've been doing this, you talk to all these people with these different lives and you hear like how these people have been doing this shit with their life. And then you'll sit back and you're like, hey, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. They did these, these major changes. Like my whole thing, like recently I've been going to the gym consistently for like the last month. Cause I'm like, if these people can lose 300, 400 pounds, I can lose 50, 60 pounds. Like, you know, I can do that. I can be consistent with this. I can make these lifestyle changes because there's no point in my opinion of wanting to do cool shit in your life. If you're not healthy enough to enjoy it. And as we get older, it's going to be harder to lose weight. You know, it's just, and it's just like health is wealth. And then, like I said, for, for Raul to be like, yeah, I want to make changes, but then you have no action behind it. It's just lip service. Mm. So I don't know. You got, you don't have to wait to the new year to start a new you. No, I know. I just have to prove everybody wrong. That's it. And how are you going to do that? What steps I'm going to create in a little bit today. Because Motivational Mark said that you bought a scale or something. Oh, yeah. I bought a scale. Like, he has, he has a scale that, like, even though we know it's not, like, accurate, but, like, it gives you, like, different uh, BMI. But yeah, yeah. It gives you all that. But the whole thing with the the weight, even, like, the weight loss stuff, it's, like, what is it that makes you revert backwards? I don't know. Because you don't even reach the goals that you said you're going to set for yourself. Like you start celebrating when you hit a little win and then you just continue down that path. So that's what I'm saying. Like maybe there is a, th- a reason you need to go seek therapy to find out why you do the stuff that you do outside of just your immaturity levels. Yeah. I, I don't know why I always go back. I don't know. Like I said, I, I know there's, I, I probably come off like a dick, but there. I just, I care, you know, and so I don't know. Because to me, he's like my little brother. I didn't have a brother growing up, and if this was like having a brother growing up, I would have beat the fuck out of him many times. <laughs> but like I said, there's you just want the best, but there's also that point where it's like I can't want it more for you than when you want it for yourself, you know. But I don't know. And like I said, when Twitch was on, you're like, Tony, you're being hard on. I'm not, man. You're not around him. And it is a choice for me to be around him, too. But. You said you're not around him as much anymore. Yeah, dude. We barely talk. Like, since our friend's wedding, like, was it three weeks ago? Only time I talked to him is on this. And this has only been two podcasts. <laughs> so. Most of it were about feet from that other guy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you start thinking differently about him and not, not necessarily the best ways. So. Oh, God. But. I don't know. I don't want to take up too much more of your time, Dane. I appreciate what you've given us. No, man. I appreciate you guys having me in. Good good conversation. Always good to see how other people are running the show. So Yeah. Uh, what is your advice for people? You know, it, it may be because we're coming off of that conversation, right? But I, I think um, taking action in whatever the thing may be. Uh, somebody that wants... Um, Everyone has desires and things they want in life, right? And finding a way to go after them. And, and what is important to me does not have to be important to you at all. Yeah, uh, My values should, shouldn't drive that. But 
someone that chases after things they want is something that uh, I would encourage everyone to do just because it's something to where you won't ever regret saying taking action. It's, it's the not taking action. that's such a bigger regret for so many people. Yeah. And what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Who knows, man? Uh, it's, it's people. So it's something to where whenever, um, I connect with people, it's something to where you ever have those moments where you think about like, all right, what would they be saying about me at my funeral? Right. Mm. What would that look like? And, that, and that's a, a, a scary thing. It's not that I'm going to have, you know, the name on a building in a university where people were saying like he had the greatest idea for this thing. And because of it, it changed whatever, like that's, that's not likely me. Right. Yeah. Those cards have probably already been dealt to somebody else. Uh, but it, it's something to where having an impact on people's lives and them saying like, you know, our life was better because he was there. Mm. That's something that I, I strive for. It may not be always that, you know, I save 40 people's lives, run into a burning building. That's not, not likely me either. Um, but I think, uh, if I were not here, I want to have people that like, look, our life is different because Dane's not. Oh, that's awesome right there. I like that. Isn't it? Uh, so on top of the death thing, then. So what do you think <laughs> happens when we die? Uh, you know, I, I believe in heaven and hell. Okay. Um, the what it looks like and whatnot. I, I don't rightly know. Yeah. Um, it, it's an odd spot to kind of try to figure out. Nobody ever really knows, right? It's, it's everybody's own opinion of, of what it may be or may not be. Um, but I believe ideally, you know, you're, you're with the creator, uh, and, and being able to do whatever that thing is that, that you desire to do and being in hell. I, I don't know that it's necessarily the, uh, you know, hellfire and brimstone thing that you see in cartoons and whatnot. I think it's just kind of that, that aloneness, mm. that, that being apart from those that you love and, and the things that you want to do and missing out on. That sounds like hell to me. Yeah, I was listening to this podcast yesterday, and this guy, the guy that did the fire festival, that Billy McFarlane guy, yeah, he was talking about how he got put in solitary confinement and how that was like a hell for him. Like mm-hmm. you're not around anybody, so it's just like you're around your own thoughts all day long, and you can't reach out to the outside world, dude. That's just got to be the most dehumanizing thing that you can do to a person because. I think we as people just are, we're communal. We need people. And to be alone like that is just, ah, it's just so, I mean, like I like my alone time, but I also like to be around people too. Like, it's like, I like a happy balance. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine just being like on a desert island. It's just me like Wilson fucking uh, Tom mm-hmm. Hanks and yeah. fucking Castaway or whatever. Why was he in solitary? Oh, sorry. Why was he in solitary confinement? Um, was he people tried to, to kill him or something? No, he tried to bring a phone he tried to record some USB device to do a book. He was, you know, he's a scammer. Mm-hmm. Like he's always trying to figure out other things like this next move. But that's why they put him in solitary confinement. And my last question is, well, it's not really a question, but I guess it is a question. Who would you like to give flowers to? Who would like to give appreciation to? Yeah. Uh, so uh, when I think of people in my life, there's, there's a ton of people that, that mean a lot to me. And I don't think we ever slow down long enough to say like, Hey, let's just make sure that we, we get that. So I, I appreciate you asking that question. Sure. Um, when I think of, uh, guy that works me, uh, Shannon Dyson, uh, this is the best boss I ever had at anything. Uh, just a guy that, uh, like you have those people when you say like, man, if I could be more like this person then I'm doing okay. Right. Mm. And, and I, I look back at different seasons of my life and I can go like, Oh, it was, it was Dave Van Horn at this point. It was this person at that point. And you go back at all these different points and say like, like this person poured into me into a unique season. It may just be for a little while. This person is not locked into being, you know, amazing for you forever. But 
when you have those people at different stages of your life and you can acknowledge that like, look, I am who I am because of these three years of my life spent around this person. And then another five years where Mm -hmm. I spent where I was just having this person mentor me, whether they knew they were mentoring me or not. Um, People don't find mentors in, um, they're not intentional about finding them. And it's something to where it doesn't have to be this crazy process that you're putting someone through or asking them to, to do something unique. You can say, Tony, you're good at doing this thing that I want to be better at. Can I just see how you do it? Um, and like, I'm not saying you have to remember my birthday and write me notes. There doesn't have to be a lesson plan. You're just good at this thing. And I want to watch you do it so I can be good at that thing too. Mm. And, and people say yes. Like I've never had anyone tell me no. Yeah. Hey man, you you seem to be a good dad. Your kids are well-behaved and like, can I just like watch what you're doing and just try to try to figure it out? You seem to be a, a good husband, a good insurance agent, a good whatever it is. And I just want to see how you do it and ask you some questions. Is that okay? Everybody always says yes, right? So who is it specifically? I mean, I, I name Shannon and whatever. There's a handful of people in my life like that. But more specifically, it's just anybody that's been a mentor to me in so many different ways, whether it was super formalized or, or not. Um, I am who I am because of people that have made those relationships. And hopefully uh, I get to do that to some others as well. That's awesome. So how does how did you decide that you wanted a mentor? Like, what was your first step? Like, was it weird for you to walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, I admire this about you"? The first time, for sure. Yeah, um, but it, it's something to where it's not necessarily that I wanted a mentor; it's that I wanted to be better at something. Mm. And then because of that, you go, "All right, well, who's better at that thing?" Yeah, let me go ask them then and see what's going on. And it's an odd thing to make that ask at first. It's also similarly odd for them to hear it because it's like, man, my life's a mess. You don't want to do what I'm doing as well. Like be better, go find someone better. It's like, you know, no, you're good enough. You're better than I am. So let me just get to three steps Mm. closer to that where you are. And then from there we'll go, we'll both go find a mentor, right? Because we're not there, but, um, that that's where it was. It wasn't necessarily that I desired a mentor. It's that I desired to be better. And because of that, I had to go find mentors. Mm. I like that answer, man. So where can everybody find you at? Man, I, I'm I'm pretty easily. Uh, you Google Dane Williams, you'll you'll find. There's a dead surfer named Dane Williams. I don't know what happened. He's like a 2020. So not that one. I, I am the not dead surfer Dane Williams. Uh, but I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. If you just search Dane Williams, you'll find me pretty easy. Um, I'm I'm the bald guy. You know, bald white guy, and pretty much just me. So. And this is possibly the last season of your podcast. Yeah, we may be, uh, the last episode should air right before Christmas and then we'll see if we come back for a season three. Um, maybe I think if not that one, you should do it in some capacity, man. So it's, it's the grind. You know it, man. It's just figuring out what the thing is that I'm willing to grind for. People have been like, what if you did like a eight episodes and come back for a little while and you just tackle a topic and then you go back away. And I'm like, it's like I'm hiding in a cave. Like, like, <laughs> I don't think it works that way, guys. Yeah. Just like pop up and run yeah. away and whatever. I, I don't it know. is funny though, when people like, uh, miss you, if you don't upload something or it doesn't come out at the same time, they think it's going to come out. Like, I guess it's kind of a weird feeling that people are actually paying attention to what we're doing. Super weird. You know, it's like, man, I don't know, it's just me talking in the dining room. I didn't realize it was like, a, you know, and, and then yeah. you're like, Wait, what? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I am still alive. I'm still okay. 
I'll let you know. I, I had one morning where I, like I'd forgot to do the upload that night, and like I made it to like seven thirty in the morning, and it hadn't been posted. And somebody was me like, "Everything okay, man?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "There's no podcast." I'm like, "Oh god, let me go do the thing real quick." I'm sorry, like, but yeah. it, it's uh, it's funny that there are people that, like have their routines and their lives built around it. But then I also look at my own life, and I'm like, "Oh, I know on Mondays I'm probably going to listen to this, and yeah. on Tuesdays when I'm in the car I'm going to do that." Like it, it throws people off when there's not you there to mm-hmm. talk to them. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have had much of this as well. Um, for me, since so many of my guests, so many of my stories are in the industry that I operate in a lot, I am fairly commonly at a disadvantage where the person I may be talking to knows me a lot better than I know them mm. because they've heard me talk for yeah. a truckload of hours back and forth with people telling stories or whatever. And then we get in there and they're like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, so-and-so and your kids are named this. And I'm like, hold on one second. Stalker. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. But like uh, doing the dating thing, right? Like there have been girls that are like unrelated that have just like found the pot. And like uh, there was one episode I did where it's like, all right, let me tell you my story now. Like uh, we had a stretch where um, I interviewed a lot of other people. Let me go ahead and at least get one on the record where you know who I am as well. Yeah. So I have somebody that we'll go back and listen to that. And that's from a couple of years ago at this point now. So they know old stuff about me, mm. but I'll be engaging with someone that's like not in any way related to real estate. Maybe we've not talked about the podcast at all. And they can like tell me things where I'm like, why do you know that? <laughs> Hold on one second here. Yeah. It's weird, man. But it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause like you can have, even if somebody never says anything, you can have an impact on their life, mm-hmm. you know, or, Cause like I said, when I look at the map and I'll see like somebody in Belgium listens every single week, like what the fuck is somebody in Belgium listening to this thing for? How do you find it? That's what I th- start thinking too. But yeah, it's a, it's a trippy thing, man. But I think you're good at it. I appreciate that. And in some capacity, you should keep continue on. That's I'll add your name to the list of people that tell me to keep doing it. Right. So yeah. We'll let you guys come edit episodes every now and again and do some interviews. And no, I, I appreciate it. It's something where I, um, I've generally, uh, enjoyed, um, doing it. It's something where I don't think that I'm done talking to people in some capacity that gets shared with others, what that looks like. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, maybe if it's just TikTok. Yeah. You know, 90 seconds and out, right? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I appreciate you, Dane. Thanks, Thanks man. Guys. Appreciate you coming on. And thank you for our listening to our therapy session. There you go. <laughs> yeah, thank you.